3: Hey everybody and welcome to the greatest moment in video games for 2022. That's twenty twenty. Wait, what? Well, no, it's it's already been twenty twenty one. Right. We okay. We can't claim we've already claimed. When did we call record last year's best of? That would have been like
4: in the gap, like the twentieth of January, of December or something.
3: Okay. God knows. <laughs> Whatever. At any any point, it is twenty twenty two already. It is. And uh, look, it's been a it's been a useless year for everybody. But we're, we're, it's, I mean, twenty twenty two. That is twenty twenty one. Sure. No complaints from anyone <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Uh, but this is going to be the greatest moment in video games for 2022, because it is the official All the Small Games Best Indie Games of 2021 episode. My name is Andrew Levins. My name, Jonathan Valenzuela. Of course, we're the hosts of All the Small Games, and we have been since April 2018,
5: Ooh, which means
3: run. we have four. This will be our fourth Game of the Year episode. Amazing. And uh, I went through and listened to all three of our previous Game of the Year episodes.
4: Damn, because those are monster
3: apps. I have been uh, doing a lot of driving, uh, because it's it's New Year's Eve time. So Ah, lots of extra gigs for me, uh, and a lot of nothingness to listen to. So I I filled the void with my own thoughts, like literally, from three years ago, plus your thoughts too. I was going
4: to say, I'm... I'm Picturing myself as like, a, cut voice, <laughs> a voice. I you out. Yeah, he just skips, 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 skips.
3: Um, so we're going to be going, counting down. Uh, John and I are going to do our top 10 indie games each of the year. Neither of us know what each other has put on their top 10s. Um, in previous years, we try and guess the number one game, but I'm fairly confident that we are both fairly confident yes. in what each other's game of the year is. Yes. So I say we make it more challenging for ourselves. <laughs> no. <laughs> we what? try and guess each other's top three. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, okay, Because we, we, yeah. I, was,
4: I was looking at my list and going through and, and looking at the ones that I know you have not played and then looking at the ones that I know we've both played and kind of trying to guess, like, would this have made your list kind of thing? Sure. Looking at my honourable mentions, the ones we both played, like, which of these might have made your list that didn't make my list, etc. I think this might be the hardest year for that challenge because I think we're going to have, with the exception of maybe three games... Potentially, we're going to have completely different lists, which is awesome. I think yeah, that just no, speaks sure. to how, like, as, as many challenges as 2021 presented, I think it was an absolute banger year for games. Okay,
3: well, so how about this? All well, right, let's both now guess each other's game of the year. Right. John, I guess your game of the year is Inscription.
4: Okay, I guess your game of the year is Death Door.
3: Interesting. So now, you'll find that out at the end of the episode, which one was correct. But now, an even more interesting uh, thing to guess. How many crossover games do you predict will be on our lists?
4: Let me take a look at my list. Uh, ba, 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 ba. I'm going
3: to guess four. Four crossover games. Last year, I don't think we even had three. I, I, can, I can go through all our lists in a moment.
4: I think we'll have five. Five.
3: Five crossover five games.
4: Five crossover games.
3: Potentially. But okay. Well I mean Yeah. There's no time for potentiality. All right. This is yeah, this is this is just how it goes. It's we so, talk I'd about games, five. but John, this is no game.
4: Right. <laughs> this is the worst small game of the year.
3: So let's go through just so people remind just that they they know the caliber of games that we're oh. talking, as I accidentally flashed my entire top ten to John. I was <laughs>
4: tempted to have a glimpse at it, but uh
3: hey man, it's we've already recorded the uh, You know, it's locked in Our guesses are locked in Sure Um, But let's go through From 2018 John, these were your Top 10 games of the year Right Uh, Number 10 was Yoku's Island Express Okay Number 9 was Guacamelee 2 Number 8, Gorogoa Number 7, West of Loathing Number 6, The Gardens Between Number 5, Ashen Number 4, Into the Breach Number 3, Donut County Number 2, Hollow Knight And number 1, Celeste
4: Ah, I remember that year. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so
3: what's funny about the first couple of years of us doing this podcast is there are some years where like you can just switch around yeah. our, our number one and number two
4: because that's that was this year definitely. You were yes. Yeah, so number number way. ten
3: for me in 2018 was Donut County. Number number nine was Minute. Number eight, The Gardens Between. Number seven, Wander Song. Number six, Delta Chapter One. Number five, Yoku's Island Express. Number four, Iconoclasts. Number three, The Messenger. Number two, Celeste. And number one, Hollow Knight. So we. The
4: old switcheroo.
3: Now, looking back on that list with uh, the, the the beauty of time on your side, um, do you stick by your number one pick for 2018, Celeste?
4: Yes, I do. Um, I think uh, while Hollow Knight is an absolute masterpiece, uh, I think Celeste has a, a message to the game. That I think is is you know, I've come over the years to to kind of really appreciate games that try to put across a, a sort of positive message, and I think Celeste does it fantastically.
3: Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you, except that Hollow Knight is by far the my oh. my, my preferred of the two games. Oh,
4: totally. <laughs> That's why it's number one on your list. Yep. Do you stand? Of course, you stand by that. It's ridiculous to yep. even ask.
3: That is for me like the my my favorite game of the last decade. I guess. Sure. I definitely. I, I think I prefer it to Breath of the Wild, which would be like my close second. <laughs> Hot damn. Uh, and I'm like I'm way more a- eagerly anticipating Silk Song than I am Breath of the Wild too. Sure. Um, or whatever the fuck they're gonna call it's it. The
4: sequel. What is it? The sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the
3: yeah. Wild. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So then we go to 2019, and um, we have. Hold on. Wait. This means. Oh, of course. Obviously. So this is a we recorded at the end of each year. I get it. Yes. So. Yep, cool. I'm yeah. just, sorry. I'm just, what's, like, the, the, what's going the on? The years, because it's 2022, I'm like, wait a minute, where's the one for 2021? <laughs> we're about to record yeah. it. Motherfucker? All right. So 2019, your favorite game of the year. Sorry, top 10. Uh, number 10 was Grindstone. Number nine, Children of Mortar. Number eight, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Number seven, Katana Zero. Number six, Control. Number five, What the Golf? Number four, Ape Out. Number three, Untitled Goose Game. Number two, The Outer Wilds. And number one, Disco Elysium. Oof.
4: God goddamn! That's, that's a good. That's a huge number one. Yeah, that's unassailable. Although, looking back now, I would rejig some of the positions on that list.
3: Hold on a minute. Do I? Need, do you count the re-release of Disco Elysium in your in no. your top ten? Okay, phew. no. Because okay. it
4: got number one in this countdown, yep. I've just taken it, it... It did not factor in my, my calculations this year.
3: Okay, so number 10 for me in 2019 was Sayonara Wild Hearts. Number nine, Slay the Spire. Number eight, What the Golf? Number seven, Gatto Roboto. Number six, Untitled Goose Game. Number five, Cadence of Hyrule. Number four, Ape Out... Number three, The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, which I think is my favourite game on this list now. Um, and number two, Katana Zero. Number one, Blasphemous. Right. I think of all the that, that top ten, like Ringo Ishikawa for me is like my favourite of that year.
4: It could be, if, like I like I just said, I would shift a few things around. I think it's just, I've... Because I, since I bought my Xbox Series S, I I have gone back in on Control, mm-hmm. and I think it would move up a few spots, to be honest. And I, yeah. I think Children of Mortar would move up a few spots. I wouldn't well. be able to
3: sleep at night if you... Said control was your indie game of the year. Oh god, no, 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 no. It's no. not really an indie game. But I think it, oh yeah, that was the content. <laughs>
4: that was the contentious one. But I think it would it would slip up a couple of notches against some of the other ones in my list.
3: Look, I think you could argue that my number one from last year is not really an indie game either. Um my top ten from last year, 2020, was uh going under number ten, number nine was the Eternal Castle Remastered, number eight, Phenotopia Awakening, number seven, Kato, number six carrion, number five, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, number four, Disc Room, number three, Spirit Number two, Hades And number one, I put Ori and the Will of the Wisps
4: Nah, I think that still counts I I mean, yeah, yeah I would say it counts, even though it's like Published by Xbox Game Studios Is, so what, like it, it, yeah, the, it team, the team that makes it's got to be the indie part of it Yeah, for sure, you're
3: right So your top 10 from 2020 was Cook Served Delicious, Delicious 3, mm-hmm. at number 10 Number 9 was There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension Number 8, Sludge Life Number 7, Carrion Number 6, Super Hot Mind Control Delete Number 5, Paradise Killer Number 4, the TV edition of Kentucky Route Zero Number 3 was Wasteland 3 Number 2, Ori and the World of the Wisps And number 1, Hades
4: Okay, cool Again we have a we have the old Switch roof up yeah. too.
3: But here's the thing so me listening back to um to last year's episode was great. A really really great listen. Uh, uh complaining about things that like seem so trivial in retrospect. Right, right. Um I was very anti Switch at the end of last year. Okay. Because my Joy-Cons were drifting and yeah. I and I just got, you know, two new consoles in the uh, Xbox Series 1S and the PlayStation 5. Um and uh, I actually think I've played more games on the Switch than ever in this past year since after, you know, ragging on it at the end of the year. In spite of having two new gen consoles, I've just played so much of my Switch in the last year. So I uh, don't really stand by my, my complaints of, of, of the hardware okay. uh, that I had back then. Um, the biggest thing, though, when looking back at my top 10, and this has affected my top 10 this year considerably, is that I... Okay, going through my top 10, I only finished one, two, three... For five of my games. So five of my games in my top 10 from last year, I did not roll credits on. Um, And uh, I just felt like a big fraud listening to myself say how great these games were that I didn't even finish. And like, I haven't finished them since last year ended either. So how good were they really?
4: That's true. I mean, it's the constant, like we're compelled to keep moving essentially. Because sure. because we need to feed this beast, it's yes. never like oh I can spend the next three weeks just playing this game at my leisure. It's like nope, got to look at something else.
3: Well, look, I am I, um, I I this this I took this to heart. I took my, my fraudulent past to heart, and this year, with the exception of one game, and there's a great reason, um, I finished all of my top ten. I, so I rolled credits on all ten games in my top ten this year. So, okay,
4: interesting. That's c- a hint, that's a hint. As to what might be on your list. I'm trying to remember. I think I know what it might be, but I'm probably wrong.
3: You can guess my top three because that was the, the biggest thing for me was like, hold on. what would, When we're looking back at my games for the year, what were the games that I spent the most time talking about? And if you look just back in like in terms of episode titles, um, I say the names of my top three this year across multiple episodes of all the small games just in the titles
4: right can we pause recording while i go and (laughs) skim through our website again just looking just just looking at my list for this year in terms of finishing i i have a one two three four five six out of ten games finished
3: yep um look you look you might have less of a weird ego than i do
4: I, for, I mean, I'm amazed that I finished six games against the backdrop of I had a baby in April. And COVID. And COVID. Well, COVID in December. Like, that, That you know, I'd, I'd pretty much locked in my games of the year by December. But, <laughs> like, I am I am amazed that I managed to continually play games during the last eight well, months. Well,
3: actually, that's a really funny thing, listening back to our Game of the Year episodes from the last few years, is um, you add about three of, of the games in each of your top tens you've only played in the last fortnight before we recorded. Okay. So I'm like, I've never heard of these games you're saying are the, your favourites of the year because December used to be such a great time for you to catch up on games that yes, you
4: missed. Yes, yes. I'd, <coughs> I'd comb the, game of the year, games of the year lists that various publications were putting out and go, hey, I've missed this one over the last however long. I'd, I'd like to give it a try. It looks like my, my sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did that a little bit this year. Uh, but not as much as I normally would.
3: So we have, um, we've, we've laid out, you know, the past. Now it's time to talk about the future or really the more, di- the less distant past. Sure. We're going to be talking about the best games of 2021. Um, I want to obviously go through our top tens. And once we've done that, we have honorable mentions, dishonorable mentions, and uh, I want to give away like some fun little awards. Like I, I want us to pick the publisher of the year.
5: Ooh. Because there's, I mean, look,
3: normally it's it's always won by the Devolver Digital, but I think this is the first year where it's like there might be a really, really strong competitor to them this year in terms of like publishing that much quality Interesting. that they do okay. too. Um, but before we do our top tens, um, I have a a, a bonus award uh, and that is uh, games that I wish I played in twenty 2020- twenty. One. Well, no, like the best older game that I played this year. So these are both. I have two games that I played in 20, 2021 that came out in 2020. Had I played them in 2020, these absolutely would have been on my list of best games of the year. All right. Um, number one with a bullet, like this would have been in my top three for this year if I was allowed to count it, is The Pathless. Yeah, saw that one coming. Published by Annapurna Interactive. Um, like just such a brilliant adventure game um, where you play as uh, a lady with a bird. And it's kind of like this weirdly forgiving action game where you can't really die, but it's, it's so movement-based and the, the art palette is, is just beautiful. The music's fantastic. Um, it, it really, really encourages you to backtrack and, and, and complete everything in each of the worlds you visit because the rewards for doing everything just make it so worthwhile. And I can't say that about many other games I played this year. Um, the pathless is i think like one of the best games of this generation sure um, and certainly one of the best indie games uh, from the last few years so that would absolutely be in my top three and this one wouldn't quite make my top three it actually made your top 10 last year Mm. but i only played it when it was released on switch this year and that was uh there is no game wrong dimension Ah, yes in fact a friend of ours raj uh started playing a bunch of lucas arts games um this week and he asked me can you like tell me a game that's Aesthetically similar to these games that's been made recently, and I was like, "Dude, you have to play." There is no game, Wrong Dimension.
4: Ooh, hold on, I, I, I feel like messaging Raj now because I'm the point and click man.
3: So. You are the point and click man. Of course, you should get in there, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not oh, the point and click fan- man. And that, that was one that I loved. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot for a point and click game to, uh, to, to, to really impress me. And I think if, if one, oh, if one does get through as There Is No Game did, that should be the one that he plays first.
4: Yeah. I think There Is No Game was one of the ones that made it. That was, as you were describing previously, like played it three weeks before we recorded our <laughs> Game of the Year episode, because that was definitely... I remember reading various lists and going, this keeps popping up.
3: Yep. Um, yeah. So I played it. Yeah. I remember, I, yeah. When you reviewed it last year, I was like, what the fuck is this yeah. game? What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love that baby. game. Unbelievably funny. Um You know, semi—it is a point-and-click adventure game, but it—it's uh, it's it's very meta and and but all all the jokes land. The voice work is excellent. Um, that's a wonderful experience, especially something to play with somebody too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that game. Um, I I I did do a list of my favorite games to play with my kids. Um, and we actually might even hear from my kids. Archie and Tilly might make cameo appearances later in the episode. So, let's start by doing number ten of Ooh. our unless you have you got any old games that you want to talk about?
4: No, no. I'm I'm fuck so, I'm Fuck so, those old I'm games. I'm so focused on, on this year, um uh that I couldn't even think of last year's stuff.
3: So I finished um thirty games exactly. I rolled credits on thirty games exactly this year. Amazing. And maybe twenty of them were indie. Okay. Um so yeah, we're really looking forward to, to seeing what which crossovers we have and uh Usually we do it like in a weird mismatch thing where I give my 10, then you give your 10, then you give your nine, then I give my nine. Sure. Let's just, I'll go first and then you go second this year. Okay. Yeah. You okay with that? Yeah. I, that. Every listener, uh, push A right now if you're okay with this decision. <laughs> um, let's start our top 10 for uh, 2021, the indie games of the year. My top 10, my 10th favorite game was published by, um, I'm going to say the name a lot, so I should I should remember it straight away.
4: Humble Bundle
3: That's the wit. Humble Games Published humble games, humble games And it's one of the uh, games I most recently finished Is Flynn Son of Crimson
4: Right Okay Great
3: um, A game that I played uh, my, my daughter uh, Tilly who we, we might hear from her later uh, And she might put this game On her favourite games of the, of the year But uh, It's a You're gonna find that This is the first year ever That there's no Pixel art games In my top three
4: Right. Okay. Which is
3: bonkers to me. Like this. That. That. Who am I? Yes. Um. <clears throat> how, you've, how you've changed. Twenty
4: twenty one changed us all, elevens.
3: And not only that, but this is like one of two side scrolling games on oh. my in my entire top ten this year. My favorite genre of game. If you put a gun to my head and ask what it is, it's a side scrolling platformer game. And this is, I guess, yeah, really the only one that strictly follows those parameters. Flintstone Crimson is a, a game where you play a boy whose magical dog fall sick um, and you learn your your, your magical parents who died uh, left a a crazy legacy of magic for you to follow up on Um, and so you set out into the world uh, with a very low uh, like you know power set you have a sword and then you gradually get all these new magic abilities and cool weapons and best of all you heal your enormous dog and then you can ride your dog around and and eat enemies as the dog Um, it's a lot of fun it gets better and better and better as you play it and I'm so used to games being the opposite of that. <clears throat> the only, only only moment towards the end of this game that I didn't like was the final stage of the final boss and also the fact that um uh when I was playing it on my on my Xbox, it stopped like sinking uh, yes. trophies and then stopped sinking like my completion of this game altogether. So, according to my Xbox, I haven't actually finished this game.
4: This is this is the one I was thinking when you were talking about Something not being completed was this the one you meant? Oh no,
3: I actually completed this game. Uh, but no, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, okay. Sure. According to, according to my consoles, there are two games on my t- in my top ten that I didn't actually complete. But I swear to God, you can ask my five year old daughter when she sees it later. Did we roll credits on this game? Yes, we did. It's one of the best looking pixel art games you'll play this year. Um, it's so vivid with beautiful colors and the level design. It totally is simple to start off. I know you only played like the first five or so levels. um, And a lot of people that were looking forward to this game were turned off by how simple it was at the beginning, but it needs to be simple because you really need that level of feeling that extra power as you, as you go, you know, grow more powerful. You need the hero's journey. Exactly. And you definitely get that in Flynn son of crimson, uh, which is playable on everything. Uh, I played it on my Xbox. It's on game pass. And to bring back my favorite part of last year's episode, you can't fish in this game.
4: <laughs> <laughs> i I seem to remember there were definitely like seaside levels. Can you fight fish? Are there fish you absolutely enemies? can.
3: There are fish in this game and you can box the shit out of
4: them. <laughs> <laughs> Not technically fishing, but... Yeah. All right.
3: So that's Flint, Son of Crimson, my number 10 game of 2021. John, over to you.
4: No, you're doing all 10, remember?
3: No, no, as in I do my 10, then you do your 10. Right. And then I do my nine and you do. But we that's are... how we've done it the last No, no, years. no. So, <laughs> this is real getting in the weeds. So I would give my ten, then you would give your ten. Yes. Then you would give your nine. Oh, right. And I would okay. give my nine. So we
4: just do it standard you, me, you, me, you, me. Yes. Okay, cool. My ten for this year. Um, I feel like every year I need to have at least one game in here that is incredibly family friendly. Uh, and as such, my pick for this year is Toem. Awesome. Developed by, developed and published by Something We Made. Uh, it's available pretty much. Oh no, not on everything. It's Switch, uh, PCs, and PlayStation Five. So Toem, you play a uh, a young thing. I don't think it's ever really established what you are. A pretty young thing. You're not. You're not. Um. Yeah. You're just a PYT. Yep. Um. You're not human, but uh, essentially your grandma tells you about a uh, an amazing natural phenomenon called Toem. And bids you to go and uh, take a photo of it for her. So you set off on a journey um, with her camera. And uh, you you basically, like, every every stop you go to, you're given a list of photo challenges that you must take. So you explore these little areas. Um, There's lots of fun little characters to interact with. Lots of, like, you know, uh, little secrets that you can unlock in each level. For each each thing you tick off on your uh, your your photo list, you get a stamp. Collect enough stamps, and you get a bus ticket to the next uh, next destination along your journey. I think there's five or six um, areas for you to explore on the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, each kind of getting bigger and more complex as they go. Um, it's just. I think there was a there was there was quite a few photo games this year. You know, you had new Pokemon Snap,
3: Umarangi um, Generation, Umarangi
4: Generations made its way to Switch. There were a couple of other beasts of Maravilla Island, um, stuff like that. All of them, I think, sort of they they kind of went a bit too far on the like proper photography side of things. Particularly Umarangi Generation. I mean, I love Umarangi Generation. I think it's a great game, but one thing that's a hindrance for me is that I don't know photography well enough to really kick ass at Umarangi Generation. Sure. Like, I don't know what an f-stop is. Is It was a bit, yeah,
3: and in general it was a bit more obtuse, so it has this, like, weird level of, like, obtuseness and then also, like, very specific camera jargon. Yeah. So, yeah.
4: Whereas Tome was very much just, like, you frame up the thing you want to take a photo of, you snap it, and that's it. Yep. No need to adjust levels or, or, you know, angle or zoom or anything like that. Um... The, the the sort of the, the lists you're given form really kind of fun, cute puzzles a lot of the time. Uh I think one of my favorite characters in any game of the year is in Tolem. It's the newspaper editor. Um, particularly when he gives you a job to take a photo of the best mustache in town, and, and it turns and out it's his he mustache. <laughs> and he's really proud of it. That was a really funny moment. I just I I, I thought Tolem was super like against the backdrop of another heartbreaking year Tom yep. was a nice tonic Tom yes. was a lovely experience to play through
3: so uh, yeah I played this one with both my kids the entire time um, My both both kids would knife me in my sleep if I played a second of this game without them um, this was this will definitely appear on their top fives of the year yep and it's gonna appear on my uh, top 10 at some point as well so I look okay. forward to hearing more about Tom but hey while you wait for me to talk about it why not fire up the eShop because like so many games on our list that we're about to go through today, it's on sale right now. Oh, hell yeah. So, uh, whatever, I'm pretty sure it's on sale on everything. So. As,
4: of, as of January 4th.
3: If I'm, you're I'm, listening, like, <clears throat>
4: February 10th, then don't blame us if it's you gotta hold, on you got to hold
3: a gun to my head. No matter how drunk I am after we finish this uh, episode, make me edit and put this episode up today. Sure. <laughs> um, so that is John's number 10, Toem. Um, we'll hear a bit more about that later. Um, so I mentioned Flint, Son of Crimson, was a game that I finished very recently. Um, and my number nine game of the year is is a game that I also finished very recently um, when I made the monkey paw wish of saying I wish that I played The Pathless in 2021. Right. <laughs> um, Annapurna heard me heard me say that and they released a very similar game. <laughs> 12 Minutes. <laughs> called, called, <laughs> called Solar Ash. And um, Solar Ash is, uh, is a game... Heart Machine. Heart Machine is, is the uh, developer, the yep. guys who previously made the incredibly good...
4: Hyperlight Drifter. That's the one. Hyperlight Drifter.
3: I gotta back on that. I need to play that. I, I, that is w- w- the next game I'm gonna play. I think. Amazing. Okay. I, uh, I just want. I, I've been thinking because I've played it on the PlayStation 4 and then I played it on Switch, but I may as well replay it again on Switch. Sure. It's such a good game. And replaying um, Solar, uh, sorry, playing Solar for the whole time. It's so different um, to to Hyperlight Drifter. But now I want to go back and go like, "Oh, is it? Are there? Can I kind of piece together little bits and, and pieces that I see in." Solar Ash and do, are they in Hyper Light Drifter as well? Um, so, Solar Ash is uh, the big jump from an isometric uh, 2D adventure game, which was Hyper Light Drifter, to an enormous 3D adventure game where you, I mean, so much inspiration is taken from like the Sonic games of all places, where you're playing as like a girl who her entire like civilization is extinct or so she thinks, so she is gone. She wakes up um, on a foreign planet and she's trying to find out what's happened to her her planet um and then when she finds out what's happened to her planet she's going to try and and do everything she can to save the planet and her race um she speaking of racing uh she she glides uh over uh, through the clouds um soaring and, and doing cool jumps and flips and the combat is like you are gliding in the pathless as well but in this one it's way more platformer based you have to to kill enemies, there are like you know general grunts that that you have to t- you know fight as you make your way through the map. But all the boss fights are these platforming challenges that you have to complete to take down take them down. Um, and some of them are really satisfying. Some of them are very very uh, frustrating. Um, Johnny just turned on my stereo with your with your elbow. Well done.
4: Turned it off with my finger.
3: <laughs> um, and, uh, we should we should just point out that John and I are currently drinking beers in my office mm-hmm. it's a 32 degree day sweltering it is pretty hot in here already yes you might have to you might hear the, the slight hum of a fan we might it might become a bit less slight soon we have to crank crank it up yeah in intensity mm-hmm. uh, but we've got lots of cold beers Yes. so you, you can you can crack in the next one might we'll talk about Ooh. solar ash if you want Lovely. especially as I say the word ash you know that's a, that's a hot word yeah. Too um, hot. Solar as well. Solar ice. Also, yeah, yeah. Do you want to have another one of these cold IPAs we're drinking? I would from love to. Mountain Culture.
5: I'm I'm working on it right now.
3: Um this 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 number the the first the number ten and number nine are brought to you by Lil Richie, the name of Mountain Culture's Cold IPA. In a five hundred milliliter can, it's seven percent alcohol and it's delicious.
4: And for a for a guy who has not had a drink almost all year.
3: Which is insane considering you were in isolation with COVID. You do know how like blisteringly drunk I would get. <laughs> Like the the drunkest I've been in the last two years is when my wife said, Hey, let's watch Hamilton. Um.
4: That's that's understood. That's medicinal. Um, No, I just, the, the, the thought to, to, to step away from solar ash for a second. The thought of having a hangover and taking care of a baby is so <laughs> repugnant
3: I could give you some tips. <laughs> yeah, sure.
4: It's your first tip. Don't do it.
3: Drink responsibly, everybody. Yes. But like, hey, sometimes you need a couple a couple of brews. Yeah, definitely. Um, Solar Ash. Solar Ash. It. Yeah, look, it's it's a very, very fun action adventure game in the 3D sphere. Um, <clears throat> and some of the boss fights uh, are really, really fun. Like I said, always challenging. There's three phases to each of the bosses. So you know, you but but it is pretty forgiving in, it, in its checkpointing, um, but yeah, the like as you as you kind of go on, there is like little bits of story. Um, I did 100% uh, this game, not not fully from a platinum point of view. I think there's always like a, like you know, finish the game in two hours. Fuck yeah, off. Some nonsense. That's stupid. Um, but I did get all of the collectibles that you can get in this game, and you do like you get a cool suit that like has like a you know less like, you can you can do more boosts or something when you wear the cool suit, um, but. All the collectibles are linked to you finding, um, uh, free, uh, like recordings that your that other people from your planet have left you to find. And as you find, you know, all of them. The last one is always, and then I perished and died. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, you learn more about your planet and and the main characters, like you know how upset she is that these people are dying and she feels so hopeless. Um, And then, like, the final boss fight and and the consequences of your final action in this game are crazy, like, really, really good storytelling. So even though I wasn't totally engaging with the story for the most of the game, I think it really, really nails the landing and uh, it has earned its spot as the ninth best game of 2021 for me.
4: Amazing. All right, number nine on uh, JV's top 10 of 2021 is uh, going back to what you were talking about in terms of I would inevitably rock up for each of these top tens with one game that I've played in the last couple of weeks. Excellent. He's done it. This is that game. Uh, I'm talking about Wildermyth or Wildermyth. We have not really determined which one it is. Wildermyth probably seems the right one. Uh, developed by World Walker Games and also published by them as well. Uh, it's available on Mac, Linux, and PC. Obviously, I played it on PC.
3: At the moment, Solar Rush is only available on PS4 and PC. Yes, PS5 as well. one
4: of the yeah. one of the big indie exclusives that. Is it on out. PC? I can't remember. It is. Okay, so I think it's on Epic or something. So, Wildemith is a, um, a a fantasy RPG that combines both um, turn-based combat. And when you go to the overmap, sort of like story-based decision-making, it has a sort of ongoing narrative that lasts across a couple of separate uh, games within the game itself. So you sort of play through these adventures. There's several different adventures that are lined up. But they all kind of like interlock with one another. Uh, Not only narratively, But also in a really cool way, which is, so you play through your first one, you have three characters that you can kind of tweak a little bit to make what you want. But obviously you want to stick with the kind of fighter, rogue, magician, uh, wizard or magic user kind of archetype. As you play through, these characters develop over time. You actually, like, if you play for long enough, your character will actually retire. Um, I, the first game that I played through, I actually had the son of one of my characters. Oh, cool. So there's
3: our, like a legacy element to Join this. our yeah. party
4: as well. There's a legacy element. And then when you play through some of the other adventures they have, previous heroes that you've played can pop up in the story and like, they'll join you for battles and stuff like that. So that's like a really cool element as you develop things. Um, one thing that I find absolutely charming is, um...
3: John's about to spill his beers yeah, I'm in, just, I'm... in like the last room in Sydney You want to spill a beer And yeah, it's exactly. just like My office is just full of just like Anime figures yeah. and, and tiny toys I will
4: financially ruin myself And this, stereos this And audio equipment If beer goes awry yeah. <laughs> Um One of the things that I really Not my anime is... statue <laughs>
3: um, Not my Kirby terrariums
4: <laughs> Um the way the stories are told during this is through little like comic book style vignettes. So, so, you know, it'll be like panels with, with, you know, your character in them and text, even though the, the, the art used for it is very similar to, I guess, kind of 2010s webcomic art style stuff. It still manages to be really expressive and bring the dialogue to life in a way that, that helps it land and really helps give the story some punch. Um, I'm, I love turn-based combat games I think they can be really fun I like to be able to sit and think about what my options are how can I best use um, each of my characters to the greatest effect uh, and obviously this having a turn-based element to it is great there is also a time pressure element to it the more time you take to kind of finish the quest you're on and, and do you know undertake the actions you need to undertake uh, your enemies become more powerful you, you actually like you will get, you know, every every hundred or so days or something, there's a pop-up going, these, like, your enemies are more powerful in this way. And it might be like, this particular type of enemy will now spawn two of them instead of one of them on the map. Or they have more armor, or they do more damage, and that kind of stuff. So it just gives you that real impetus to, like, I can't dick around too much. Even though dicking around will help you in the long run, I can't dick around too much. I need to push forward. I need to, like you know, solve the problem that's been put in front of me or finish the quest or find the artifact or whatever needs to be done. Um, At its core, it is basically like playing a game of D&D with a really good dungeon master. And as a... Before you continue, have you ever done that? No, but as a guy (laughs) in my late 30s who already has trouble, like finding new social circles to be in. I don't want to put up an ad online and go, I want to play D&D with a group. We, like, we
3: shared a, a podcast network with several people who run D&D podcasts. You should put, I, I'll get you in there, okay? I
4: still don't want to do that. That's <laughs> the point. Like As much as the concept of playing D&D with a group appeals to me, the actual execution of it, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. So this bridges that gap quite nicely. It feels like you were playing D&D with... A a DM that's not trying to showboat but isn't doing a bad job either. Just they're just telling a story real well. And that's my number nine.
3: Awesome. Wildermith. Wildermith. Van Wildermith, Party Liaison. Yeah. <laughs> um so that is John's yeah, number nine. We moved to my number eight. This is the game, the only game on my top ten that I have not finished. <laughs> and the good reason that I've not finished this game is is that I am too fucking stupid to finish. Ooh, okay. Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels.
4: Ah, right, okay.
3: I played a lot of puzzle games this year. Um, I'll I'll go through most of them in my honorable mentions, but this was by far the most charming, engaging puzzle game that I played this year. It's published by my beloved Oink Games uh, from Japan. They are primarily a physical board game uh, producer, and I have almost all of their um, board games in my collection. Um, But yeah, they've they've been doing more and more video games in the last uh, couple of years. In fact, they even started bringing their board games to the digital space, um, as reviewed on a very recent episode of All the Small Games. Um, I I really liked, was it Hiroshi and something? Takeshi and Hiroshi or something?
4: Yeah, Takeshi and... Hiroshi, maybe that was the name of it. But
3: they did a game where it's like you you play as two brothers and one of them is making a video game. Um, That was really, really nice. But I just thought in terms of gameplay... Obviously, their, their games are always really well presented. Their, their art team is one of the best in the world, I think. Their design choices are always so good. But from a gameplay perspective, I just thought... <laughs> Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels.
4: <laughs> also the hardest to the hardest title to say yeah. out of all games of
3: the year. There's like brutal alliteration. Like that, It's just one too many words starting with T. Yes. Um, but I think from a gameplay point of view... You play as like a bunch of animals running a sushi truck. Mm -hmm. And at the start of each level, your sushi truck, you know, very cutely drives in and then the doors open and then the conveyor belts come out. And it's a coding game, essentially, where you are basically putting in different functions that will increase the number of plates of sushi or... You know, change the way the the sushi moves on on from like in between the conveyor belts. Basically, every animal you you can assign animals to different actions. Each animal does a different action, um, and it is it is pure coding by the end. Like,
4: well, when you say you can assign each animal an action, what do you mean? Like, define an action.
3: Again, okay, action will be. So I'm going to clear my throat. <coughs> Let me clear my throat. Na, 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 na. <coughs> Have mercy, levens, and 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 then he was the one with COVID, not me. Yeah, huh? um, I still might have it. Can you get it twice? In like if I if I gave you COVID now, Omicron,
4: Omicron's changed the game, but okay. I, I think I I'm good for the moment. I reckon
3: they should name the next levens. the next variant. The, I'm I'm good. The dubstep variant.
4: <laughs> Did you hear about the drum and bass DJ? Oh, in in New
3: in, Z- Zealand. Oh my God! <clears throat> and his comments are just. He has like the most like generic sounding name as well. Like dimension. Dimension is that his name? Like yeah, that. yeah. Dimension. So and like the guy going in the most on him is the, another UK DJ called Scream. Okay. Is Scream.
4: S K R E M. Yeah, like yeah. Banger Speaking of dubstep, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: So he he was meant to DJ a New Year's Eve party and had to cancel it because he was a close contact of this other UK based based oh, DJ. Man. Who flew to New Zealand with Omicron and I think is responsible for being. He's the first Omicron He case brought in Omicron New to New Zealand.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Christ. <clears throat>
3: yeah. Insane. Great shit. Anyway. <laughs> that's my number 11 best Tiger small game of the year.
4: Tiger Tasty Travels. What is an action? Is that actually the name of the game? Tiger Trio's Tasty
3: Travels. Well, wow, this guy gets it. Yeah, man. <laughs> what, so uh, we're an, talking an action, actions. An, an action will be you can put a little belt between both of the main conveyor belts and a gorilla will come. And lift up your sushi plate and take it to the other conveyor belt. Sure. Or you can assign a penguin uh, to only take the, the the first piece of sushi that comes by him to the to the um, adjacent conveyor belt, and then he goes away. Yeah. Because penguins are little and weak, and they don't do it like they don't have the strength of a gorilla. Everyone knows that. True. You can also um, assign a frog. Uh, to grab all of the sushi on one plate and leap it somewhere else on the conveyor belts. And you can create a loop where maybe you need to have 10 pieces of sushi on a plate before you pass it on to a customer. Um, so you can create a loop where you're just constantly adding sushi again and again and again and again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are eight worlds in, okay. in uh, Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. I did it. Um, <laughs> and I'm on the eighth world and I've beaten the first three and... Um, Another very embarrassing thing is that I'm much better when I I play this with Archie, who just turned eight. And um, sometimes he is much better at this game than me. But I'm definitely like when he and I bounce ideas off each other of like, hey, maybe this is how we beat this level because each level is like you have to somehow turn the, the two plates of sushi at the top of the conveyor belt to the orders at the bottom of the conveyor belt where your customers are sitting. And you can do that by yeah, swapping the, conveyor, the, the them from conveyor belt to conveyor belt, or you can add sushi, you can take subtract sushi. Um, mostly the, the combinations of those things. You would be surprised how much depth this game has with the amount of actions they give you. Um, but I'm so close to the end. I cannot for the life of me. Like, I spent an hour trying to beat one level today. Jesus. And okay. the, I'm the big reason that I'm putting this on my game. Like, I, like, I love Oink games. I love this game. This is one of the least played indie games of the year. Sure. There is a walkthrough on YouTube that covers up to chapter two.
5: Oh man. Okay.
3: This game is available on switch. i don't on switch. It's on steam and it's actually on iOS now.
4: Oh hell yeah.
3: So this would be a really, really good phone game. I think it's $13 on phone, but trust me that it, it is worth it. I Super know wise. I know that in our, in our, the age of Apple arcade, which it's kind of frustrating. They didn't put it on Apple arcade. I feel like this would go. So gangbusters there, but whatever. Um, this is like a very good phone. I don't know how it controls on the phone, but I imagine really, really well. Yeah, because you you can. I, I always wished you could do the touch controls when when playing this in handheld. Um, for the just for my sake, like let me like say confidently that I've completed every game on my top ten list by making this game popular enough that someone smarter than me makes a YouTube walkthrough, <laughs> so I can finish the last four levels of this game. Right. Because they are so hard, man. There is one where, honestly, you just have to change... You have to put four different little things in between each. You don't have to touch ch- You have to touch the amounts of sushi. You just have to change how they move from conveyor belt to conveyor melt. That's all you need to do. There's four things you need to do. I can't work it out. Right. I'm too dumb to work out this incredibly fun, great, beautiful-looking... Extremely, like, just from a presentation point of view, like, just, it, just... It's firing on all cylinders.
4: As coding games go, it is, like the best packaged that I've played yeah I feel like
3: you could you know you could completely 100% this game with someone and then finish the game and be like that was coding and they'd be like what like yeah I love this game Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels say it 10 times in the mirror and Tiger, then buy it on any of these shelf.
4: Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels, brought to you by Michael
3: Transactions. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my my number eight, eight game of eight, the year, I
4: believe. Your eighth of the year. All right, time for my eighth of the year.
3: Just to give a little update, we only have one crossover game so far. Five games in, one crossover.
4: Five games, one crossover, and that was Tom. 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 My number eight is a game that I picked up on uh, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I'd seen some chatter about it and was curious and thought I'd dive in and have a look. So I think another theme that's been fairly present in games this year has been time looping oh, mechanics. This is 12 minutes. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, it's not. I know what it is. is. I'm serious It's, it's not. Yeah, 13 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, so so time looping's definitely been a mechanic. You've had twelve minutes. You've had uh, death loop. Uh, you know, in the in the bigger game side of things, I've seen Overboard pop up on a lot of lists, um, which is another game that is kind of like you play, you start at the beginning again, you play, you start at the beginning over and over, looping and looping. Um, loop Hero. Loop Hero. Oh,
3: it's kind of a loop game,
4: I guess. It has loop in the title. <laughs> Um, Anyway, the game I'm talking about The one that has hit my top 10 list in number 8 Is The Forgotten City Now This is actually one thing that I'm very proud of this year With my top 10 Is that Forgotten City is the first of three games On my top 10 list Developed in Australia Um, I think it's been a great year for games in Australia You'd have a couple of other ones on there as well I reckon, or you'd have maybe two on there I think one I think one, right, okay Um, interesting. Oh yes, of course. Fuck this country, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Levin's hates Australia. Um, anyway, the forgotten city is a, uh, it's a first person, essentially adventure game or like puzzle game. Um, where the premise is you discover this, uh, ancient Roman city that is kind of stuck in a, it's, it's, then, it's, it's about it's about mcdonald town
3: yeah in australia in in, in Sydney.
4: um Mcdonaldtown has the a en- station
3: what else does it have <laughs> the it does, does does it even have a postcode
4: um god i hope not that would that would make um, i'll find who, this out that would make people who live there feel um what was i going to reveal the other day that i forgot to oh, oh there I- were five seasons of
3: uh, what TV show are we talking what about? TV
4: show we- Oh, Weird Science. Weird Science. Five, five, five seasons of the TV show Weird Science. Anyway, The Forgotten City. <laughs> you are a person who discovers a, uh, a Roman city, an underground Roman city, that has been blessed or cursed by the gods, if you will. The entire city lives under one rule, the golden rule, which is, if one person commits a sin, everyone pays for it. And how that basically manifests itself is, there are a number of, like, golden statues scattered around the city and if anyone commits a sin in the city those golden statues come to life and start turning everyone else in the city who is alive into golden statues as well. While this is happening you need to run to a time portal that has been set up that loops you back to the beginning of the day again Now you are charged by the kind of leader of this city at the beginning of the day, he tells you about the golden rule and says, I need you to go and investigate who breaks the golden rule there is an election happening today i am i am you know i might be voted out i need you to find out before that happens who breaks the golden rule you then walk around this city you talk to people you kind of like as you talk to people you pick up new quests you solve quests that kind of stuff um you indeed have to break the rules yourself to kind of progress in this game there's there's one point where you need to pick up an antidote for a poison And the person selling it is trying to price gouge you. So you're basically like, fuck you, buddy. You nick it off his, you you steal it from his market stall. And then a booming voice is like, the sin of the one shall pay for by the needs of the many. And you have to fucking book it to the time portal. But when you loop again, you've got the antidote in your inventory and you can solve that puzzle. So there's just such a satisfying feeling of working out like, oh, this is what I need to do to um to you know to to get past this little issue that i'm having it um it makes a bunch of really good points about history about philosophy about morals about all that kind of stuff if you heard the um my initial review of it a, a bunch of episodes ago you will know that the one issue that I have with this game is that the main ending sucks so very hard (laughs) like is
3: that like the the final ending you get or just yes there
4: are four endings in this game the one that I had a major issue is with is the canonical ending um we're not doing spoilers on this are we Uh, 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 does
3: it relate does it relate to incest no then it's fine
4: (laughs) then it's fine what to spoil or
3: oh no as in like compared to oh yeah compared
4: compared to 12 (laughs) minutes but
3: and and death loop too I think really I think maybe or oh maybe it's another time loop games
4: it's it's not incest and death loop it's just it turns out the,
3: the okay, main, okay 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 i've played it yeah plenty, i'm yeah. <laughs>
4: um look i won't spoil it but i i found the, the the sort of narrative conceit of the main ending to be disappointing when held up against how good the rest of the game is that said it is followed by a uh, a, a sort of epilogue epilogue's the one after right it's prologue that's the one at the yes start. that's right okay mm-hmm. it is fo- it's followed by an epilogue that's basically like you know in 70s it's Com- like how you
3: have you do a pro or an epic cum
4: <laughs> oh, doc i'm suffering from epic i need you i need your help the epic no epic cum epic oh right yeah it's fucking cool as opposed man. to Steamcom, yeah. which is um, the other pc cum provider Oh, that's good. Cool. I um, think man, like, I, to, I was thinking like steampunk. But. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to water after <laughs> this beer, essentially. <laughs> anyway, it, half it, a
3: liter in, and we're already doing steam cum jokes.
4: It has a um, it has a, a, a an epilogue that is very you know in the same way that in like '70s movies you'd have those little bits at the end where it's like freeze frame on the character and it goes like, you know. Tim Biggins went to college and became a Uh, that kind of thing. So it has a little epilogue like that that's really satisfying. It's just the ending. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is so dumb. But that being said, it deserves its number eight place on this list just because the experience of playing through up to the ending is so compelling. Like this was one of those games where I'm like, why did I have a baby? I need to fucking play this game. Like, <laughs> oh. you know, this was when, this was when olive's breastfeeding. Believe in... me or not, that's
3: actually worse than
5: Steam <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I, this, this I was playing this game at a point where olives was getting much better at breastfeeding. And so those feeding periods were getting shorter. And I was like, can you just feed for 40 minutes? Like you used to please. Like, let me get a decent whack of this game in. Um, it's yeah, it's just to walk around, to talk to everybody. Um, another issue I had with the game is that the facial animation is laughably bad. The eyes are really expressive. I mean, the, it,
3: it is a Skyrim mod, right? Like, It, it, at its it core. originated
4: as a Skyrim mod and then they built a kind of standalone off it. Um, but again, for a three-person Australian studio to come up with this game, uh, I think this is the best time-looping game you'll find this year. I've it's, heard a lot of other podcasts say that too. That's fantastic. Rules. It's so good.
3: Aussie, 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 yeah. etc.
4: <laughs> Aussie... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. <laughs> um, cool. That was number eight for me.
3: Number eight is done.
4: Sivan.
3: Oh wow! Number seven. One You're of
4: the tearing through this.
3: One of the. Well, not really. We're we're right. almost at an hour. Right? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And you just you need a, you need a water break. Yeah. I mean, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, maybe I need a water break too. I got water in here somewhere. Oh,
4: dip it open. Is it is it carbonated? No. Yes, I know you don't like bubble
3: water. God, I hate bubble water. I'm a good friend. You really because I love I love bubble water. I know you. No, you hate it. Where's your glass, bro? Let me just. It's gonna taste faintly of beer. <laughs> this is great. Fuck, I love uh, this yeah, episode. It's been,
4: a, it's been a year since we've been in each other's
3: presence. That is fucking insane. It's been yeah. more than a year because we I think we record we recorded yeah, we rec- December last at, like year. in between Chris's and New Year last year when neither
4: year. when neither of us had COVID
3: and we've recorded fifty episodes since being in each other's presence. Mm
4: bonkers um
3: over zoom fuck zoom
4: oh amen to that
3: <laughs> but on a more important note fuck microsoft teams yeah <laughs> no. i have to use that constantly for like government oh, work i've been doing yeah oh my god man it is so much worse than zoom it's
4: i'm glad i think my my bigger company dabbled with teams for a while but on a on a like sydney company level it was like Google Hangouts or Google, yeah.
3: G- uh, yeah, Google number one, Zoom two, yeah. Microsoft Teams, Teams. nine ninety nine. Like, you know, the other day I got, I got, I sent a um, what's the one everyone used to do international calls on? Uh, it starts with an S. Had, the logo was a big uh, purple S. A big purple S. Size. S- S- S-
4: S- 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 so this feels like a Wordle. Um, uh, yeah,
3: I, I don't know what that is. By the way, yeah. what's it, what are the fuck is the Wordle stuff everyone's been doing? Uh, Skype, Skype. It's in a Skype meeting request. Oh wow, like, okay. what is this? <laughs> Retro. Very odd. Um, anyway, so I like
4: to get on a Magel and just hope I <laughs> run into the person that I'm supposed to talk to. So John, this water we're drinking is, <laughs> uh, is from. Uh- <laughs> um. All right. What are we up? Seven. Game seven.
3: Game number seven is one of the first games that we both finished. Okay. In- uh, 2021, and a game that another just like Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels, whoa, oh. so na- natural now. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's a game that I've been like, I've been so frustrated because it hasn't been in anyone's top 50, top 100 oh. of the year. It's called Olija. Right. This game uh, was uh, developed by Skeleton Crew Studio and Thomas Olsen and published by Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. And the first of I'm gonna call three devolver games we're going to see on our list this year let's see
5: okay
3: um but Aliha is just like a really really great action adventure game that has its like roots in i talked about like my favorite games last year the the eternal castle is like that zoetrope style of adventure games that's existed since the the 80s sorry like another world Mm -hmm. and heart of darkness it's a game where it's like as opposed to, like, this continuously st- um, scrolling level, you're kind of beating screens at yes. a time. Um, and, Oliha, you know, you have a harpoon as your main weapon. and magic harpoon. A magic harpoon that allows you to teleport to where you throw it. From a weapons point of view, maybe my favourite weapon of 2021. Right.
4: Interesting. I mean, it was pretty
3: great, right? Like, I found the combat in this so satisfying and fun, but the, the main star of the show is how this game looks. The graphics are... So unique, you know, it is, it's pixel art, but it's like...
4: That, that chunky pixel art. Ch-
3: and and the, the, the kind of stuff that you only see in these types of games. Yeah. like, I, you know, I put Eternal Castle on my best of last year list for the same reason. It just looks unlike anything else that has this, like, like purposefully, like there's, there is like, you know, you're, you're only seeing a few frames per second. Sure. Um, it's, yeah, it's just fucking, it looks so good. Um... I Play,
4: plays real well as well. plays really well.
3: I, I, the only thing I didn't like it was that you couldn't really revisit parts of yes. the map that you already visited. But that's just because yeah. I like Metrovanias, and this is not one of those. Uh, but I still loved it so much. I'm pretty sure this is on sale at the moment. Um, it has such an amazing atmosphere to it. I was really hoping this is going to show up around this point in your in your top uh, top ten as well. Interesting, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it was one of my favorite games that I played this year, and uh, I think it's very easy to forget the games that you play in January and February when you do these lists. And uh, I'm putting my foot down, and I'm saying, Aliha, you're one of the best games of the year," and everyone listening right now is going to buy you. <laughs> um, because I think yeah, like Devolver's obviously had an amazing year, you know, with Inscription and Death's Door. Um, and Lupiro, like 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 three very well talked about games, but yeah. uh, Aliha I think flew under the radar for the entire year, which is a real shame because it's really great. But the guy who made it isn't his next. Oh, no, it's the guys who made Eternal Castle. Their next game is a devolver published game Ooh. that isn't the same style of this. It was announced at E3 this year. It was the black and white um, Shogun like uh, oh, Samurai? What's it called? Trek to Yomi. Trek to Yomi, yeah. So I'm, I'm, That that's looks like, real good. That's probably my most anticipated game of, of next year.
4: Ooh, that's a big call.
3: I mean, we don't really know what else is... I mean, unless Silk Song happens. Which yeah, I was
4: going to say, but who, who what, knows? Who knows? It's Silk Song. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So, yeah, look, Oliha... Um, I mean, what the story is, like, you know, standard, like, save a princess kind of vibe. Yeah. But it's super Ship, great.
4: Shipwreck sailor trying to get home and save a princess. Also, the, the
3: shipwreck sailor dies at the start of the game and then is resurrected by the magic harpoon, right? Like, I, this is... We're ago. thinking a long time ago, but yeah. man, I like so much of this game stuck with me. So the boss fights in this are so fun, yeah, um, and and just like combat in general rules, like the enemies are like actually kind of fucking terrifying. Like just like True. the regular ones that you run into, like through through each level, it's genuinely difficult in parts. Um, you have like a hub that fills with people who like worship you because you have the ma- magic harpoon. Yes, that you rescue from each level. Yeah, and uh, and so like you have like a chef and you have someone who readies all your weapons for you. It's like a weird alien dude who like you you buy upgrades from. Do you remember that
6: a weird alien
3: dude? He's like more many... like a, he's like a monster or something like that, and he, he's the one who you get, you buy all your upgrades from. I think so. In your hub, yeah. hub world. It's anyway, really Aliha rules. Bell. Play yes. Number,
4: number seven. 7 Number 7 Alright my number 7 It is time for Another Australian Okay To enter the ring uh, This is one that I'm pretty damn sure Will show up on your list as well uh, Unpack number 7 John Yeah <laughs> I might as well unpack number 7 It's Unpacking Cool Developed by uh, Who the fuck developed it God damn it Brisbane man. Brisbane developed Brisbane it. developer Witchbeam pumbled, pum- <laughs> pumbled by Pumbled by Hublish Games Uh, Published by Humble Games, um, available on Nintendo Switch, Android, Mac, Xbox, Linux, Windows, Xbox Series, X and S. I've been playing it on S. On Game Pass. Yeah,
3: this is one of the, like, like, we have to give a shout out to Xbox Game Pass for being, like, one of the heroes of, of the year.
4: I think there was some announcement recently that PlayStation's considering its own. Game Pass. But how do you
3: even go, Oh fuck, we need to figure out something that's as good as this? Like it's it is such an incredible service.
4: How did it take them this long to do that? Game Pass has been around for like two years. I feel now. like
3: everyone must have been like, Oh, it won't work. And now it's like it's 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 there. There's it's the, the-, the two subscriptions that I love most in this world are the Shonen Jump manga app. <laughs> and Xbox Game Pass
4: Because I, I I, think I mentioned earlier in the podcast I bought an Xbox Series S recently You did not you, This is
3: the first podcast you've recorded Since you bought an Xbox Series yes. S
4: Yes First thing I did Getting out of COVID isolation you, Was go into the city To the Microsoft Store And buy an Xbox Series S You bought S. it from the
3: uh, micro, I didn't even know there was a Microsoft there's Store There's a
4: Microsoft Store in Piss Street Mall I've just It's not like you just said Piss Street by the way I, sweet. I um, Because I bought a new TV my goal this year was get a new TV. Which TV did you get? Uh, like a 43-inch LG My man. Ultra HD yes. TV. Sick. My old TV was 10 years old. Yeah, I know. Well, so... that, that was the
3: same as me. For I still had a, a TV that the, its greatest um, brag was that it was a 3D TV.
4: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I bought a 3D <laughs> TV. Um, yeah, this one was just... I, like... I had a dumb TV. It had no... You couldn't put apps on it or anything like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I was running everything through my Xbox. That's <laughs> so what you call non-smart TVs. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Like a dumb TV. Um, <coughs> This one, like, it has everything on it. It has all the... My, my 3D TV, you could put
3: apps on it, but you needed to put a dongle into oh. it first. It couldn't just connect to Wi-Fi.
4: Like, this has built-in Apple TV. Like, I don't need yeah, to yeah. get anything. Yeah, to...
3: LG's LG's uh, like menu system fucking rules. Yeah,
4: even the... the like, if I... Touch something on the remote, it brings up a cursor. Yes, and then I can use the remote as a magic wand cursor to move the, the cursor sickest. around. It's it's so <laughs> it truly is the sickest on this TV. Anyway, I I bought my TV the day before online, and I'm like, it's coming today. I want my Xbox today. That's great. I don't want to, also. Like...
3: You just want to go on a weird outing because you've been oh, stuck in your house. Oh, of course,
4: one hundred percent. But the thing is, uh, JB Hi-Fi were like, you can only order Xboxes online. And if you do that, we can get it to you by the 6th of January And I was like, how about you get it to me by Fuck you, JP Hi-Fi I I was like, where can I get an Xbox from? What did they
3: say? (laughs) They were like, okay (laughs)
4: Um, I was like, where can I get an Xbox from? And I was like, there is a Microsoft store in the city If they don't have Xboxes there, it's crazy It's a fucking Microsoft store The other hack is uh, Telstra But can I go into a storefront and buy? I think you can. Uh, Okay. Well, I didn't know that, but I knew about the Microsoft store, which you didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So I called them up and they were like, yeah, we've got Xboxes in stock. And I was like, all right, I'm hoping I get my you can leave isolation message tonight. That's great. I did get it at one o'clock in the morning. And so the next morning I was like, Joe, I'm really sorry. Got to go to the city. (laughs) So I just took off for the city and lo and behold they brought down my xbox
3: which is like because you would have spent fuck all money during lockdown because oh, you had family was, bringing you meals it was and great you weren't going anywhere it
4: was super cheap that whole time but um yeah it's it the, the john, one, just, john just
3: karate chopped my <laughs> my office by the way your
4: stereo in half <laughs> um the one thing that is annoying but this is so such an entitled thing to be annoyed by is it's a Fortnite and rocket league bundle xbox series s
3: That's great
4: So I booted it up And it's like Do you want to redeem These things for Fortnite And Rocket League I'm like B-B-B-B-B-B-B Get out of here B-B-B-B-B-B No, 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 no no. I don't want this shit Thank you Rocket League's fun Rocket League's fun But I I don't give a shit I don't want to play Rocket League That's not what I have My Xbox for But it's so good Because now I have a TV That has all the entertainment apps It's
3: fine The glass is fine John is resting a glass On his leg Not in my office It's on the floor now Um, Not in front of my anime statues (laughs)
4: You um, see
3: Zora there with a the sword? He's got three of them
5: He's, what, he'll, Three, three he'll, swords He does, he'll cut you three times
4: You've got three statues of him, that's nine swords <laughs> um, Now that all the apps are on my TV It means the Xbox is just mine So I turn the Xbox on It's just like, bink, onto my account Joe's account isn't on there anymore It's just, oh, for, so, yeah. it's just for games But now. John,
3: I've still been seeing 16 Takos' online messages twice a day
4: you think I'm not playing? That rules. Games My man or, is joining. Like, That's great. I've been great. playing Control for the last week. It's been so good. <laughs> um,
3: oh, John didn't turn his phone off. Who is it?
4: I am. I have no idea.
3: Get it. Put it on speaker. Wait. Ask him what. Hey, Hello, John, all the small I'm games. What's your favorite game of the year? <laughs> I bet it's a...
4: Hi, Mel. Um, look, would it be possible for me to call you back uh, in a while? I'm just in the middle of something at the moment. Thank you. I'm so sorry, Mel. Thanks.
3: I think it was Mel Blank, the voice of Bugs Bunny,
4: man of a thousand voices. Yeah, uh, it is. It, it is Mel a, Gibson, a woman from a um, a TV show I'll be going on soon. Oh
3: hell yeah! Yeah, no, come on, can you share a little bit more info? Uh,
4: re- they're like really adamant about not doing it, but okay. they just talked okay. about. Okay, John social media. is the
3: new Bachelor. <laughs> No, sorry, we'll, we'll, I'm the new
4: host of Q&A guys. You know what
3: The moment we, were, we finished recording this episode We're hitting record On a Patreon episode Of all the small games It's all about Hollow Knight Yes so, We'll reveal it there
5: Yep yeah, It's not, so re- re- it's not, it's t- not really going to be about Hollow Knight It's going to be us
3: being drunk and <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Talking, up, up to talking our- about when we were 21 <laughs> Sign
4: up to our Patreon To get in on that Um Anyway, yeah, so it's great. I now have an Xbox. Where the fuck were we up to in this episode? Number
3: seven, Unpacking. Uh, number seven, Unpacking. I'm glad, unpacking. I'm, glad, I'm glad one of us is excellent at drinking beers and doing responsible <laughs> things.
4: Developed by Queensland, Brisbane's Witch Beam, published by Humble Games. Unpacking is a... Well, I mean, it's huh? a little,
3: do you want a Ubisu Premium malt, or would you like the first sour beer of the episode?
4: Let's do the Yubisu Premium malt. Um, it's, unpacking a, it's the king is, of beers. Unpacking is... I mean, would you call it a puzzle game? I guess it is kind of a puzzle game. It's uh, it, For
3: me, it's the best storytelling you'll see it's in a game of, in 2021.
4: It's, it's some of the most incredible storytelling I've seen this year. The, the entire thrust of Unpacking is...
3: You... Can, we, can I... It's been, like, so many years of us doing this podcast. Every 10 to 15 minutes, you go, like, <laughs> <laughs> What What causes that?
4: Stomach gas, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm a gassy dude. Yeah, that's it. Just, it's just if, if, anyone,
3: if, if anyone else is wondering, over the last 100 and something episodes,
4: Levin's sixth game of the year is my stomach gas. <laughs> um, so unpacking is a game where you play through. Um, basically, each each level is a a a place that the the character that you were playing as, which is a, a, clearly a woman, a place that she has lived in. You start off in her childhood room. You then move on to what's the second room? It's it's like
3: it's her first dorm.
4: It's her first dorm room, then it's her first share house, then it's her... she moves in with her boyfriend for the first time. And he's Back, a dick. He's a dick. And but this is this is what you're talking about with amazing storytelling.
3: Hi, I'm Andrew Levins from polygon.com and here's my first 7000 word article about how the boyfriend from unpacking <laughs> is the biggest dick of 2021.
4: Yeah, canceled. Um <laughs> But this is what makes the storytelling so great. There's no dialogue, there's no text, there's no storytelling in any way. It is just the objects that exist within this person's house and the way that they are laid out that is telling the story to you. You like from from the start of the game, there are objects that that will show up again and again in these person's boxes as you unpack their life into these various rooms indicating the kind of the memories that they want to hold on to. There are actions that are taken after, after you break up with this boyfriend, the next place you move into, you have a picture of you and the boyfriend that you start by putting up on a, um, on a, on a cork board, but you can't pass that level until you move that picture into a cupboard because clearly it's a, a, yep. a bad memory that she doesn't want to remember. The concept of, of, Using a person's items to tell uh, a narrative over time is just, yeah, as as a development and especially as a video game, incredible, amazing, yes, absolutely.
3: And I feel like so refreshing. Everyone talks about how like you know video games they tell such amazing stories, but if you are telling a video game story using cutscenes, you're not actually telling a video game a story through a video game. Yeah, you're, you know what I mean. You're, an just, you're attaching a a, a movie. To the video game, yes, but uh, yeah, I, I love storytelling through video games, and very few video games do it well. I think Unpacking is one of the best examples I can think of of storytelling in in a video.
4: Unpacking was my every every year with with Game of the Year lists from various publications. I tend to choose a game that acts as my litmus test mm-hmm. for how well the publication's done in terms of seeing all the games that came out of the year and actually judging them unpacking was my litmus test unpacking i know it's not my number one game it's not my favorite or most popular but i think it was the game that if your game reviewer is good at what they do they would have found this game and recognized just how brilliant it was it didn't even need to be the top game on any of these lists it just had to appear and it's incredible how many publications missed this completely i think particularly for it to be a game to come out like it's I've I've mentioned a few times on this podcast that my patriotism only exists these days in the context of video games. I love Australian-developed video games, particularly when they go big. For this to be developed in Australia, I'm like so proud and so excited to see what the Australian video game industry will do in the future. I want if we have that caliber of caliber of talent. I, I mean, country.
3: I feel like we have so many games. Like, okay. From every, like, from most of the, the, the states of Australia. Like, when you, when you say Melbourne, we're going to do Untitled Goose Game. Obviously, Forgotten sure. City, sure. But, I mean, that is a quintessential Melbourne video game like, to me. Hollow Knight is Adelaide's. Yes. I think Unpacking is now Brisbane's. And yes. At the moment John, a game you wrote I think is the quintessential Sydney video game. Really?
4: Death Strand Death Squared. Yeah, you death stranding yeah. the game you wrote,
3: John. What was up when the president was the, also the <laughs> What was Guillermo del Toro doing? <laughs> um no, uh, yeah, sorry, what was it called? Again? I was
4: too busy smoking on the curb with yeah. uh Mick, Mick yeah, of course, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what uh, I love about And so much. Uh, Mick and, and, and who's the other one? Um, In that
3: photo, look up, look up, uh, Hideo Kojima, Kojima, uh smoking joint.
4: Roth, something Roth. No, I want to say Eli Roth. That's not right. Definitely ju- not Eli Roth. Who's the other guy? Mads Mickelson and, and... Oh, the guy Norman Reedus. From... Norman Reedus. Yeah, there boss. we go. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Anyway, not, not enough about those. Those.
4: Those rakish lads. Those beautiful boys.
3: Um, um, yeah, unpacking. Oof. Unpacking. Great. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm looking forward to. There being a game that I'm like that was made in my fucking home city, yeah, definitely. and I, I definitely feel that about Death Squared. But yeah. you know, obviously, I think it's like I was talking to our friend Alexi Toliopoulos, who is a uh, big movie buff, loves those movies, and uh, hosts an excellent podcast called Total Reboot, which is also on the Pants Network and uh, numerous other podcasts you can find him on too, but including this week's Hey Fam, oh, a okay. little bit of a little bit of a bonus everyone's going to find out before we record Hey Fam. Lovely, um, but. Uh, we, uh, we were talking about how everyone talks about how sick Australian video games are this year. Mm-hmm. And people are shitting on Australian movies right. in doing that. And saying like, you know, oh, fuck Australian movies and Australian TV shows. Like Australian games is like the only good art we're good at putting out. Sure. And it infuriates him so much. But I think it is... This has definitely become... It, it talks about it's indie games as a whole. People... Accept indie games as part of the bigger picture of discussions now. Yes, and we are just making some indie games here. They're all very good ones yeah. for sure. But I think that it's it's crazy that an indie game made in Melbourne or Brisbane or Adelaide gets talked on such an international level in a way that an Australian movie hasn't had happened to it since Animal Kingdom. Okay, like it's it's yeah, and I think it's like a very much since a... Wog Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that word, the W word you just said, yes. descend, means something very different in the UK. Really? It, just so everyone knows, because I've gotten in trouble when Alexi did an episode of one of my other podcasts oh. and talked about it. Uh, that word, uh, it means something very different in Australia. It means, uh, like someone European Some who's Greek, moved to Australia, Greek, Greek or Italian yeah. heritage. Yeah. Yeah. It actually originally originated as a worthy Oriental gentleman. Yes. That's what it stands for. But it, it you know. It
4: means something completely different in the UK. Yes. All right. Well. So UK
3: listeners, John was not... Kangaroo, I, I,
4: I, I changed my previous thing to we, Kangaroo Jack We
3: legitimately had a movie in John, Australia Kangaroo
4: Jack means something completely <laughs> different in Turkey <laughs> When you we legitimately of
3: had had a uh, a movie called The Wog Boy in Australia. Yes, a couple, a couple were like, many. Wogboy it, it was Wog Quite Boy Kings of Mykonos, Is that the <laughs> yeah, sequel? Of That's a that is got to be like everyone makes jokes about like oh yeah, and then in this thing too, Electric Boogaloo as yeah. a, a reference to Break Into. I think <laughs> Break Into we Kings should, of Mykonos we, Yeah, bring back Hollow Knight Kings of Mykonos <laughs> <laughs> That should be this <laughs> Breath of the Wild <laughs> Kings of Meccanos. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, no,
4: you got to give it it's it's the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild King, Kings, Kings of, of Miconos. <laughs> uh, amazing. That's good shit. Um yeah, yeah. no, I I like cuz I've definitely seen I think it was Ben Vanel was shitting on Australian movies and TV to to
3: Paterson. Another fellow uh, co-host of uh, The Casuals. Yes. Their best of uh, 2021 episodes are both up now. They're really, really fun to listen to.
4: Yes, garbage compared to this one, but fun <laughs> to listen to. Um, I saw him tweeting about it, and I was kind of like, man, you, you, you kind of don't need to shit on other streams. You don't need to shit on industries. one thing to say another thing is, is yeah, good. But, but look, th-
3: unlike 12 Minutes, Unpacking, a great game. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 I've yet to finish Unpacking, admittedly. Um, but I, I think I'm not that far from the end now. Um, also, great. Like, you, have you finished it? You finished I'm packing. It. You finished it. Not yeah. even
3: finished it. This is coming up quite soon.
4: Quite soon. But it's. it's In my entire uh, like it, it turns into an LGBT relationship, right? Yeah. If I interpret the yeah, yeah, items yeah correctly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I was like, what fucking great, well, great representation. Especially
3: when I'm playing that with my children. Yeah. And it's my daughter's favorite game of the year. And. To be confirmed. When, you, when I'm pretty she sure. Yeah. She always talks about okay, My new favourite, the new game we play at the dinner table is dad plays a song from a video game. Oh. And everyone has to guess which video game it's from. Interesting. I played the opening guitar note of Unpacking until he goes, Unpacking!
4: <laughs> Amazing.
3: <laughs> um, I'm actually like, I hope they, these kids come through. Yeah. Before we hit record, we were like, hey kids, because if you go, like that was another thing. Archie shows up at the end of the episode and, and we're like, hey, Archie, what are your favourite games of the year? And it's 10 minutes of silence <laughs> as we try and get him to say something. Right. So I told him to write it down this year. He's not yeah. very decisive. Um, but I'm playing this game with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, right? Sure. And we are putting ourselves in the point of view of the main character. Um, and look, my, my, my kids, obviously, I, I'm trying to, you know raise them as open as possible. Of course. It helps that like their auntie when they're is, is getting married to a woman Mm -hmm. and Tilly is already excited to be the fellow girl at their at their wedding. So they already just, they know that that's a possibility, um, uh, to, well, okay. Do you want to get, this this is, so so when my, my, my wife's grandfather remarried when he was very old and had a, so she's not really an auntie. (laughs) She's my wife's auntie. Okay. Even though she's younger than her, right? So she's so getting married. Auntie is an honorific kind well, of. Well, she's thing, a sure. great aunt. Sure. Yeah. She's, a, she's an okay aunt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's getting married to a okay. woman, and and we were at their engagement party last year. Lovely. And and Tilly's going to be the bridesmaid. And like,
4: oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it
3: fucking rules, and just means like you know, I. But not everyone has that moment where they're like, oh shit, oh you kids just have to accept this as part of life now, sure, because it is. I feel like unpacking the fact that you can put yourself in the position of this main character mm-hmm. who ends up with a woman mm-hmm. and play this with your children because I think it's a really cool way for them to just accept that this is a thing that happens in our world. Sure. And to like just like live with it. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I I, I think I think I I I see I watch you know I watch a lot of Disney movies. And all of their attempts at representation are always so cringy Just to me. Just hot garbage. It's kind of like, like in, in, in in a Pixar movie and in a recent episode of a Marvel TV show, they had a black female character say, I got this from my wife. And it's like, that doesn't count as representation. It's always
4: <laughs> It's always done in a way that can be easily edited out.
3: Yes, for Chinese Depend, markets. Depending yeah, yeah. on well, um, Chinese and markets, Middle Eastern, Eastern yeah, markets, yeah, yeah, yeah. all
4: those, all those markets there. If it is something that is done in a way that can be easily edited out, it is not proper representation. No, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's lip service.
3: Yeah, and like you know, you can interpret this as like this. This main character wasn't truly happy, as as you know, when she was trying to be who she thought she should be. Sure. And then she works out who she should be, and that is someone who should be with another woman, and that's when she's truly happy, and we should be happy for her. That, yes. that you know and like that is such an awesome message for a, like this game is anyone can play this game it's not like you know one of the you don't like unpack sex toys or you yeah. don't unpack like you know porno mags or yeah. drugs or, or even booze you know it is it is a game that you can play with anyone of all ages because everyone of all ages should be open to this being a possibility in someone's life and I just yeah I unpacking is much higher on my list sure because I'm much more open to this than you. <laughs> hey fuck you <yeah. laughs> Um,
4: I just I mean On top of everything We just, just discussed Which is obviously Incredibly important For me It's, it's, it's also When you stuff- get a
3: coffee cup And you put it on the toilet yeah. It takes a different sound To when you get a coffee cup And you put it on I'm, the bed
4: I wasn't even going to mention Okay How fantastic the sound well, When I this, talk about it At number four we'll well, do, I, I will we'll, we'll do some of that But it's just It's It's seeing the little mug That you use For your toothbrushes Get more chipped Yes. With each kind of thing you go yep. through. It's it's funny, like I remember you talk because you, you spoke about it on an episode and then I played it after that episode, and you talked about what a kind of a calm and relaxing game it is. And I admit, yes, it is. But that that first time in the boyfriend's house, before I'd opened a box when I just scrolled through the rooms, the the knot that formed in my gut as I was like, oh, no, 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 girl, get the fuck out of here. You should not be in this place. This is not right for you. Like, it's it's weird the kind of, like, particularly even above and beyond that in some of the other houses where it's, I'm running out of room in my drawers. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, I want this person to be... and And it's interesting because it's not... There's no correct way for you to unpack this person beyond some broad strokes, like you can't leave a bunch of kitchen shit on the bed or stuff like exactly. that yeah, it yeah. needs to be in the right kind of room but it doesn't need to be properly organized however it can be if you want to and that's one thing that i like i think it's interesting you realize as playing it like what kind of organizer are you are you someone who's just like look it's in roughly the right space if it if it ticks the level if it's done or is it like no the fucking coffee cups have to be with the coffee cups should go and then the fucking like salt and pepper should be next to it not mixed in with it <laughs> like I found myself really falling into the latter category, which is interesting, because I'm like, eh, pants are on the floor, that's fine.
3: (laughs) For me, it was, like, as I realised we were reaching the end of this game, I took longer and longer on. And also, like, my kids were the same, too. Tilly was like, is this game about to finish? And I was like, yeah, I think it is. And she was like, I don't want it to be over. I mean, we can always replay it. Like, yeah, she... Honestly, like kid. I really, really hope that they do DLC for this, where it's That'd just be like amazing. you know, you just get to move their family, you get to see that they have more rooms now because they have lots of kids or something, or maybe a parent has moved in with them and they've got to cater to that now, or they just go, they're moving into a holiday home, or I don't know. It's such like, it's it's such a modular game. It's so
4: easy to snap sections yes. onto this, or it could have
3: nothing to do with. Actually, no, I want to follow this story. I just yeah, I think the but sto- it's even
4: <coughs> unpacking number two is easy to. Visualize because it's it's another person's life.
3: Mm, of course, yeah. That, man, I'm absolutely magical game. Yeah, such a great engine. I hope they do something more with that engine and like all the all the assets. I'm going to talk about it again. Soon. Yeah, yeah, it's for, coming up soon. But Number for, six. Number no, no, no. For me, I just want to talk about one thing: is that uh, Eurogamer, um, they made this their game of the year. Amazing, and that made so many fuckheads so angry. Really, because this is not a real game to them. <gasps> like I found in a. Uh, Let's just say a, uh, a podcast network that I used to be a part of <gasps> had a had a, uh, a spinoff group. So it's nothing to do with the actual podcast, who, is, who are legends and I'm sure big unpacking. No, fans. no, no.
4: But I, I remember how
3: toxic, t- troublesome. That, yes, their Facebook group could be. These people were online. So there's a, there's a spinoff group uh, from it where they started a Facebook group about gaming, and it is very. It's like you know, oh. it's like, like like you know, where most gaming places I'm I'm a part of are like 90 percent dudes. This is like 99 percent dudes. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, and I would love to see obviously m- that my number go down, but it's, it's yeah, it's it is what it is. So. Sure. Yeah, um, but uh, this is uh, the comment that one, one guy left when he was talking about it. Has anyone played this? I did, as it's on Game Pass, and I don't think I've ever uninstalled a game so quickly. I can't understand the type, the hype of literally unpacking someone's belongings from a suitcase. It's one of life's most boring chores in a game. Can someone explain the appeal? I did Jesus, I did, dead? but no no response whatsoever of course. like yeah, it's yeah, I said it's one of my Fave games of the year. It's some of the best best in-game storytelling I've ever experienced, definitely not for everybody, but it's an extremely well made game with great visuals, physics, and insanely good sound design mm. and I'm, more about that sound design later. Indeed my reviews is gonna be me just in like doing my and never just write in and say what they think it was. Um so we got it up to number 6. Yes. All right. Well, look, we've had we numerous th- games from this publisher. Of course, Ooh. I'm talking about Humble Games. We okay. had uh Flynn Son of Crimson. Uh Tom was actually they were actually involved in the publishing of Tom. Oh, okay. And uh, of course, uh, unpacking just now and um this next game is uh one of their finest games of the year as well. It is Dodgeball Academia.
4: Yes, of course.
3: So this huge fan game, we're gonna find yeah. out. Did you start it? No, I didn't. Man, I didn't. you would. I reckon you'd love it. Again, yeah. another like really, really fun game that has like excellent writing. But this is like a like a like a fifteen-hour RPG game where you play. Maybe it's like a week in the life of a kid whose dream it is to be a dodgeball player, and so he goes to dodgeball academia. Even though you find out on his like second night of uh, attending this academia that he, his father was an umpire, his grandfather was an umpire, and it's his destiny to become an umpire. And he does not want to be an umpire or a referee or whatever word they use for it. He wants to be a dodgeball player. And so you play in this excellent school-based RPG where you play as someone that just wants to be fucking sick at dodgeball. You meet everyone else who has this, who shares the same dreams as you. Um, they whoop your ass in some cases, the big bully um and they you know some of them are like you know you'll never be able to beat me and then you hit them with one ball and they go down immediately because they have one hp and then as you progress they also progress and so on the final day where you because that you 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 agree to fight them every day Uh, on the final day it's actually a really hard fight but you also have a full-on party of i think it ends up being like eight members strong by the end of this game there are Aliens in this game. There are <laughs> monsters in this game. There are ghosts and supernatural, paranormal, all kinds of wacky, crazy things. Levels.
4: Are... Levels. Are there fish in this Shit. game? Shit.
3: Can you fucking catch okay, them? Okay. When I finish this, we'll be at half. When you do, when we do both we through our sixes, we're gonna go through our list and let, let, let everyone know okay. if you can fish in our games of the sure. year. Sure. You cannot fish in Dodgeball Academia God damn But it. what you can do is throw a number of balls. <laughs> um, because yeah, you have like that classic. You know, it's an isometric um, RPG. Beautiful. Cartoon style It looks like a um, Like a 90s Nickelodeon cartoon
5: Oh
4: nice
3: um, And You You know Everyone Everyone has their It's very stylized And fun looking But Like When you When you hit like So you're, you're walking around the school You're meeting all these different people You've got to go to classes You have all this great dialogue With all these different characters These tasks You've got to do The side quests You have to like You know Fight The lunch lady At one point um, But All of the battles you do there are they are like RPG style fights except you are it's like an action game where you are playing Dodgeball and the Dodgeball game itself is so fun right so not only have I played this to to, to the end credits um, Archie and I my son have played the two-player mode of um, of dodgeball against each other Ooh. which is from the and, and, and it gets better and better the more of the story you play. Because you unlock different characters who have different abilities. You unlock different balls. Like some balls freeze the people that you throw it at. Some of them light them on fire. Some of them poison them. Some of them like make their way back to you. They're like magnetized to you. Others, there's like a death ball, and whoever's holding it loses health as they hold it. Okay. So it encourages you to throw it immediately after sure. after after getting it. Um, this guy does not want to put his phone on silent, ladies and gents. It is now on silent. I mean, you got a baby. It's fine. I'm, f-
4: I'm flexing on how popular I am. What was it? My one phone Was that Mel,
3: Mel Blank again?
4: No, it was yeah, not Yeah, what's blank. up, Doc? It was my wife. Um, oh, yeah? We're we we've
3: My yeah. wife sent me a link to a Bunnings um, uh, link um, to buy a new fan remote. Right. Can you top that, Ah,
4: uh, Yes, I got photos of my beautiful daughter. Oh, what's she doing? Uh, Which
3: game she's, is she playing?
4: She is sleeping in one, and she is eating some broccoli in another.
3: Great. Well... I would not throw a, a flaming dodgeball at her.
4: <laughs> Thank God, keep the death ball the fuck away from my daughter.
3: Um, but look, the story of this game. There's so many like side plots and crazy missions you have to go on every day. Takes about an hour to two hours. Um, so yeah, this is around like around 15 hours, I guess, when you when you when yeah. you do everything. And each day ends with you having to verse. Like your your ma- the main event is you going against another team with with a motley crew of, uh, of dodgeball players that you've acquired during that day, and one of them is like a guy whose head is a balloon. His name is Balloony, um, who is he, he can heal your party but is useless on the attack. You play your main character is like an amazing attack, but like the, it, I don't know, it's it's just so good. The the dodgeball game itself is so much fun that I feel like even on its own it would have its own following. If they release it like a really cheap dodgeball game, sure. But the fact that they've done a fully fledged, really well fleshed out dodgeball RPG, like it reminds me heaps of like reading a sports manga as well. Okay. Which is like one of like the kind of coolest things that that manga can do is make you care about a sport. Sure. <laughs> Next to impossible <laughs> like, you know, to care like, otherwise. Feel like there's like you know high Q is a recent enormous hit. And that's about volleyball. It's about a boys volleyball team. Right. And it's one of the biggest hits in manga and anime. And it's so much fun to read. And I get the same feelings that I get when I, re- when I, you know, read slam dunk or even like some of the Western um, influenced comics, like fence, which is all about fencing. Um, I get that from Dodgeball Academia, which is very clearly Japanese-influenced in spite of being developed in Brazil, I think. Mm. Um, Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's available on everything. It's on Game Pass. Just give it a shot. I feel like we're all in that period now where we're like, what am I going to play until the next big game comes out? Sure. Do you want to just move away? I'm
4: going to... I'll tell you what. Because it it serves two purposes...
3: It gets me away from your fucking
4: Kirby terrariums.
3: <laughs> it keeps elbowing my Kirby terrariums. Look, you all, you I'm, all heard it. Don't sit on the
4: floor. I am. I will look. I'm right in front of the fan. Are you, okay. are you right. kidding okay, me? Okay, this okay, is the okay. best all place right. in the. I'll allow it. Look, I will admit, I I love Levin's little shed office, <laughs> but it's stressful how much shit there is in here. And he there's so much so more shit.
3: Like today, I got a delivery of because there's like weird Ooh. delays in shipping from Japan to Australia. I subscribed to a bunch of like you know gacha like those little yes. toy toy machines in Japan. I subscribed to one called capsule box. They sent three months in one box with like twenty one gacha inside. God damn! I meant there's some good shit. I can't wait to figure out where the fuck to put it. But yeah, <laughs> it's a, there's some great stuff. Hey, the, the, it, I see it. some toys you gave me. There's a there's a Hellboy toy out the back there you, that you gave me. Really? Yeah, up L- on.
4: little stuffed guy.
3: Yeah, yeah next to. Uh, Link uh, Toon Link And do you know who that is? That's an indie game character Yeah,
4: that's uh, the, the little thread dude From Unraveled That's Unravel? it Unraveled? Yeah, yes. yeah. I, got, I, got, I got sent that From e- mm. EB Games Anyway, yes There's EA too games. much shit in here And I have two elbows And it's not a good combination
3: Also, it's hot So you're, yeah. you're right, you're right You should cut off one of your elbows yeah, um, of Anyway, uh, Dodgeball Academia Fucking rules um, Give it a shot Play the first chapter or two um, I'm pretty sure you'll know by the first hour whether or not you're going to stick with it and if you do stick with it you'll have a great time Um, i didn't play many rpgs this year but this is by far my favorite
4: if you have game pass it's on game pass i uh i think i downloaded it on game pass on my previous xbox i've got to re-download it but
3: oh and also the the soundtrack freaking whips it's like all like wailing guitars
5: like
4: (laughs) man you want to talk you want to talk wailing guitars i've got something for you a bit later
3: oh really yeah excellent is it artful uh, it's Artful AF I'm going to escape this room
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Levels It's too many hints uh, So what, my number 6? That's it Alright, my number 6 This This is I guess I could interpret this Or it could be interpreted As slightly contentious My positioning of this game My number 6 game Is Sable Now I was not
3: expecting this to show up On your list at all Huh? I was not expecting this to show up On your really? list at all Yeah.
4: Okay, so if if this is the first episode you've listened to of this podcast, first of all, what the fuck do you think you're doing? No, no, great. I love it. I, I think this is a great first episode, great, great one now to you, jump you get, into. As long as you go backwards from here, you're you exactly it. listen. Listen back through a hundred and two other episodes. Um, if if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I was super super excited about Sable, and then on release of the game, the sheer amount of bugs that existed, um. Didn't- and
3: we're not talking about the bugs that you have to uh, go steal eggs from yes. multiple times throughout the game.
4: Which, which, as I discovered in Levins, didn't. You didn't even need to do that. You can <laughs> just work out where the person's hiding their shit. But I... So I was very excited to buy this Xbox One S. One of the reasons was I thought, okay, cool. I, you know, maybe on this new He's been playing
3: Sable on his Xbox One up until now.
4: Yes, I've been playing Sable on my Xbox One up until now. It has been a, a, a rather janky experience. And just to just to ram it home, it's a day one. It was a day one Xbox One. So this thing was eight years old. It was chugging like crazy towards the end.
3: Me too, brother. Yabisu, <laughs> king of the <laughs> malts.
4: Premium Yabisu. <laughs> um, uh, i got to say one thing I love about Xbox One S, load times. Oh my god! It's so good,
3: right? Oh my god!
4: I used to pull out my phone whenever I so played yeah, yeah. Xbox games. This game. is your first
3: next-gen console. It's my first next-gen console. Yeah. this
4: is this is the second console I've bought in my life. The first one being a Switch.
3: Oh, wow. you got comped a bunch of shit?
4: I got comped my Xbox One. Your I got Wii, my three sixty, my Wii came from Timeout Sydney. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is the second console wow, think, I've ever I mean,
3: if, listening to this, I'm definitely the more entitled of the two of us, but you, you know, you, you, got, you
4: got a few, you got, you got a few. <laughs> definitely. <laughs>
3: um,
4: I, so I am in this frustrating position where I loaded Sable up. I was very excited on my Xbox One S, uh, oh, Series S. I opened the game thinking, I'm pretty sure I saw in some update notes that they had fixed the bug that was troubling my previous save game. I've got a 1S, so hopefully that's going to be stabler and faster and, and you know, you know. Better. Dude, it's, it's called stable, not stable. Well, well yeah. <laughs> they lacked a T for it. I loaded it up and the bug that I had before where my character is that the control just won't work. My character is locked in place. I can't do anything. Still there. And now I need to make the decision. Now I need to go, do I restart this game from the beginning again? I think I will. I just need time to do it. All this being said, all my issues with the bugs in the game, and this is why it's number six and not higher on my list, is all these bugs and all these. Technical Imagine having this game higher on that, your list that plagued the that plagued the game when I first played it. All this being said, I can see what they were going for, and I fucking love it. The art style on this game is incredible. That like, you know, European comic c- clearly inspired my Mobius kind of yep. art direction to it. The the sort of like. It really evokes that hot, flat feeling of being in a desert. Mm-hmm. Um, the The fact that it's not a game that's based on combat, it's purely based on exploration and talking to people and, and running quests and stuff like that. Uh, the open-endedness of it, it doesn't really funnel you through checkpoints or anything like that. The moment you leave the first area, it's really up to you where you want to go and what you want to do. Narratively, it suggests maybe you want to go do this you can save that till the last thing you do if you really want to. The, the kind of the, the, the overarching context of the narrative of a, a journey of growth and self-discovery and, and, you know, working out who you want to be in the world is in, in the kind of context of video games, very much tackled in very aggressive ways, not, not necessarily as peaceful as you get in Sable. I think these guys swung for the fences and, and for all the technical issues that might have plagued the game um, i could see through those and and see that yes they had done a great job of it the soundtrack is fucking incredible i
3: got a very very good soundtrack related story that i'll tell when this shows up on my list
4: amazing amazing i this is this is one that i'm like i need to get this on vinyl I it, want it this. hurts
3: me so much that you had so many problems with this game like
4: it not as much as it hurt me cuz i was the one having <laughs> the fucking problems um, look, I, like I said, I think this is something that now that I have the Series S, I want to restart it. I want to, I want to see how it feels on a good TV as well. Yeah. Like i now have the full package to replay no, this game. No, you where... need a soundbar. I've got a soundbar.
3: Okay. He's got the full package, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow our Patreon for a photo of my full package. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think, um, the... Like, I, I gotta put some blame on, like, the Xbox Q&A folk. Um, like, fuck, have we reached a point where we've given up just talking about what consoles these games are on? Oh, it's fine. This is on, like, PC and Xbox. Google it. This is on PC and Xbox. You pieces of shit. Um, and a great, uh, a fantastic exclusive get for Xbox.
3: Yeah, like, I, I think, I hate that, that, that that this might be a game that is surrounded by the controversy of having to have the caveat of talking about the bugs. Yeah,
4: it, it kills me as well.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they've patched a lot. The um, the developer's very vocal uh, on, very constantly giving updates on Twitter and, and elsewhere about patch notes, about things they're working on. Um, and in general, Greg from Shedworks is just a great person to follow. Yeah, definitely. Um, Fantastic
4: on, follow on Twitter.
3: Um, but yeah, like I love this game. A lot, so it's you have to wait a while for this to for show up on mine. Sure. But um uh yeah, man, I'm looking forward to talking about it again. I'm glad that in spite of all of the problems you had playing this game, it's still rate this is very high. There's no way yeah. I would have been big enough to 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 put this on my list if I had the problems that you had with it. It
4: it took <coughs> I, I one thing I don't think we've talked about is the difficulty of putting a list together this year.
3: Dude, this is an amazing year for Indie games.
4: I I agonized. I agonized over my top ten um it it hurt to have a game fall out of my top 10 as as much as it was like oh the triumph of finding a game that's top 10 worthy dropping some of these games my honorable mentions there are so many fucking bangers in that yeah
3: for me it's like especially when i made myself like only commit to games that i roll credits on but with the one the, the the fucking me being stupid uh rule right uh, <laughs> stopping one but uh yeah i there's a lot of great games though but i just yeah that I think if I if I truly loved the game, I, I saw it to completion. You know, sure, sure. Or I was dumb, right? <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> interesting.
4: Um, yeah, so that's my number six. No. I I I'm going to leave more for you to talk about. There's a lot, to talk, there's a lot rules, to talk about. There's a lot more to talk about for Sable, and like you said, especially say, if you
3: have Game Pass and you haven't given this a shot yet. Like, yeah, it's yeah. There's also something very interesting about all three of my top three games this this year. They are very clearly influenced by one type of game. Okay. One, one, like really, like you know, one game in particular is, has influenced all three of them, and uh, Stable is a great example of the later part of the games. I'll explain it later. It's a whole thing. Well, um, we are in w-
4: hour four of this podcast. We're an hour
3: and a half in, John. Right. Um, I need to wee. It's very Ooh. hot, and more than important, most most importantly,
0: it's time to hear a word from our sponsor.
4: <laughs> sure.
6: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Okay, we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Um, we're we're back in, in the room. We took a slight breather to the to my house which is air conditioned and came back out to my office slash shed. Slash John's, sauna. John's on the floor. Uh, I cranked the, fa- the the fan up to number two on the setting. W- there's a third setting. We can make it... Oh, wow. Later, okay? Later.
4: Where it literally unleashes a tornado.
3: And it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's 33 degrees outside. <laughs> it's, it's
4: pretty fucking hot in here.
3: Um, to all
4: our Northern Hemisphere listeners, suck it, I guess, or don't. don't Maybe know, it's whatever. nice where you are.
3: <laughs> um, I'm sure you're wearing a beautiful woolen coat. Yes. Um... We've got some more beers Yeah, and uh, we've got some more games to talk about too.
4: Indeed. But do we want to run through, do we want to just do a quick recap of our top uh, uh, 10 to six?
3: Let's do it. Oh, wow. Archie just sent me through his top five over 10. That (laughs) is garbage. There's no no indie games on it, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, Do you right. not
4: get what this podcast is about?
3: Top 10. Sorry, my my number 10 was Flynn, Son of Crimson. Number 9, Solar Ash. Number 8, Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Number 7, Leha, And number 6, Dodgeball Academia.
4: All right, my number 10 was Toem. My number 9 was Wildermyth. Number 8 was The Forgotten City. Number 7 was Unpacking. And number 6 was Sable. Oof, now we get into the this is the big league shit now.
3: And let's switch it up. Why don't you do uh, your game first, then my game second?
4: All right. So, uh after the experience I had of adding control to my list last year, I feel like we're going to have a contentious like line.
3: I take it back. Let's go me first. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Line Tower, fuck you! A Line Tower, uh, and my Line Tower for this year is Psychonauts Two.
3: Oh, okay, that's fine. No that's problem. fine. That's fine. This is on my honorable. Definitely, mentions. look
4: in our Discord. It kind of like there was a there was a bit of discussion about whether or not Psychonauts Two is justified as a small game. I know Double Fine have become quite the organization over the past couple of years, especially since uh, they have been bought as a studio by Xbox. Uh, they now own double fine Mm -hmm. um however i argue that psychonauts 2 began its life as a crowdfunded game like that is the epitome of indie, essentially and
3: like double fine began its life as an indie studio they're the reason so many other indie studios exist i think you have to have some like you know you you can't just cut them off once they get too big for your for their britches you know like yeah
4: a hundred percent i think this is um this was the, uh, like as as much as I debated this kind of stuff. I was like, "Nah, fuck it. This this makes my list." I have not finished this. This is one of the games that I desperately want to finish, um, and I look forward to kind of diving into it again on my Xbox Series S. I'm just flexing on that now. <laughs> um, but being there, baby. Uh, Psychonauts Two picks up basically where the first game ends off. Um, even well, I say where the first game en- ends off. It picks up where uh, the the Rhombus of Ruins or the Ruins of Rhombus, whatever the PSVR oh, game Oh, the VR game, of course, yeah, that, yeah. That sat in between the two, uh, which that one picked up where the first one left off. Now this one picks up where uh, the VR game left off. You are still playing as Raz. It is your arrival at the Psychonauts headquarters where you are very rapidly, unceremoniously told, no, you're not an agent. You have to join our intern program. Um, and from there, it's all about kind of like the, the narrative that builds based on the, the main enemy of the first game and also the history of the psychonauts and all the kind of stuff that happened, um, you know, deep in the history of this organization. Uh, it, it takes what was great about the first game and continues it. I was, I was definitely sitting there wondering as I started, like, are they going to put me back at the beat? Like, are they going to make me have to earn all the the powers I started, like I, I ended with at the beginning of the first, at the end of the first game, are they going to have, like, am I going to have to go and get them all again? There's a fantastic prologue where it just runs you through all the stuff you had and then proceeds to give you all these new ones. The the world that you inhabit when you're not off adventuring in people's minds, the Psychonauts headquarters and the, the, the like, neighbouring caravan or, or camping ground and outside world uh so fantastically realized again the experience of jumping into people's heads is so creative and so wild there is one of the best like one of the best levels i guess you'd call or experiences in video games this year is definitely the the like psychedelic five senses how far did you get into this game
3: i'm still in the um the casino/hospital
4: the casino hospital is a, <coughs> another incredible level in terms of design but there is one amazing level that takes like 60s uh psychedelia music festival approach and it's all about like tracking down the various senses of a brain that's been removed from its body for too long. Yep, right, awesome. Um, I know, I, I haven't finished it, but I know that it approaches some really heavy topics and does it in a way that is simultaneously um, very respectful of them, but also very entertaining. Like, I'm, I'm currently playing through the head of a guy who I think has alcohol issues... And was like abandoned or has uh, issues with his parents as well, and it's it's this weird combination of like oh I'm I'm dealing with something very heavy but at the same time I'm very much enjoying the gameplay that's going on. Um, it's it features one of my favorite conversations of the year, second favorite actually. Now that I think about it, one of the other psychonauts interns you you run into them in the woods where they're kind of running a pancake restaurant, <laughs> and it's just. Just the the conversational exchanges you have are so goddamn funny. I think it's just it's a brilliant continuation of what what was a brilliant indie game to start with. Um, available on Game Pass. From memory, I, yes, like, it I is, yeah. like I said, I'm so looking forward to jumping back into it again. Uh, it's it's such a good combination of combat and platforming puzzles and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, I, I loved it. Even just like the the hub world. Yes, um, I had such a good time in but yeah again it was just one of those ones where like, I really wish I put more time into it I, I tried to finish it but I just sure. I just okay. didn't get around to it this year it's it's, it's so much fun I never finished the first Psychonauts either but I'll definitely finish Psychonauts too. like nice. I, that, that's that's one of my goals for, for 2022 yeah I got it tattooed to my back oh crazy and I'll, once I finish it I'll get it laser removed
4: <laughs> I'll get it tattooed a line through it and yeah. then I'll get the whole thing laser removed
3: uh, all right, instead uh... of saying Psychonauts 2 It says Wino wine 2 Right Do you get that joke?
4: It gets what? It says what? Don't worry God damn it You know
3: when Johnny Depp had a Winona Forever Tattoo And then when he broke up With Winona, Winona Ryder He changed it to Wino Forever Oh really? And as you know I model all my life On Johnny <laughs> Depp
4: Oh, God. What's um, your number five, Levin? My
3: number five, John, is uh, a little game that you've never heard of before called Toem.
4: Oh,
5: wow. So okay. this, is also, this is your
3: number 10 game. Um, yeah. And uh, look, I played this game with both my kids. And I think when you play one of those, you know, very positive feeling uh, life kind of explainy games... With children, it, it just hits so much harder, and this this game made such an impact on them. Yes, there is this very gamey kind of checklist that you have to you know go through and like take a photo of this thing as, at this moment, and then take it back to this person and show them, and that will get you the star, and then you can progress to the next level. But the 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 moments where you know you are just doing a thing that your mum said would be cool for you to do, and then you finally see it, and you're like, "Mom, it is cool. You're right." <laughs> I, I I I really thought that was just like so cool. Um, I almost 100 of this game. The only thing I didn't do was you're meant to like walk. Oh yeah. For I think it's like I don't know, like 100 kilometers or something. Wearing the clogs at the very beginning of the game, a character gives you a pair of clogs, which halves your walking speed and makes it go clunk 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 yeah. clunk, clunk 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 when you walk. Clog noises. Um And I was like, oh, I'm not wearing these. And then when I realized I had all but one of the trophies related to this game, I, um, I went back and looked and it was like, wh- wh- you know, where are the clogs for a hundred kilometers? Um, the best, you said the best mission you get is related to the, the, the reporter. The one I
4: enjoyed the most.
3: Yeah. I I, I like that, but I, I think that world we're in this big bustling city and there's just so much to do. That's, that's the standout area. Amazing. It's such, me.
4: it is such a good area.
3: Um, I think Tom is a, is a great game to play with young people. Just a great game to play with your, by yourself if you need a nice little cheer up. Um, just make sure you leave those clogs on at the beginning, bro. Yeah. Um, but look, there are, there are lots of excellent indie games for... And it always annoys me so much when like the Game Awards do like best games for families. And it's just five games Nintendo published. Or in this case of this year, five, four games that Nintendo published and it takes two. Which is a game about divorce? Yeah. Why the fuck would you play that as a family?
4: Was that the one that won?
3: Yeah, that won. Fuck. And it won Game of the Year. God
4: damn, Game Awards were so fucked, like so cursed this year. (laughs) Oh.
3: Um, I haven't played it. I I can't judge. I just know that it's about divorce. Why the fuck would you play? And it's not just about divorce. It's about a kid who manages to convince his divorced parents to get back together. Which is just like not how you should like no view divorce uh, yeah it's fuck yeah divorce is a bummer that you can like you know that everyone can be better off because of not something that like uh, it's not like the parent trap you know um
4: (laughs) no the parent trap
3: would be a great metroidvania you know we've already talked about unpacking and toem dodgeball academia even um all three published by humble bundle humble humble games they would they should all be on the best games to play with families this year because they're my three favorite games that i play with my families this year there you go that's tom at number five for me amazing so now you're number four john
4: number four okay let me just bring up my list again because uh all the previously applied beers are just kind of erasing things as they go number four levens levens i hate to break your heart buddy I hate to uh, no, don't do it. I hate to fucking render. M- a Mostly, prediction. don't do
3: it because now I have to refigure out what I think your top three is. I
4: hate to, I hate to uh, render a prediction you made at the beginning of the episode f- wrong. But Levin's my number oh, what? four is Inscription. Fuck, really? Yes, Inscription is uh, a game developed by Daniel Mullins, who uh, who is a bit of a known figure in the uh, the indie world. He has previously published... I thought you were going to put Death's Door here. Games like like, uh, Pony Island and
3: Hex. Of course, Pony Island and Hex.
4: Yes, everyone's favourite, Pony Island and Hex. Um, It is a game where you... It's essentially a card game, but it's a card game that has so much narrative structure wrapped around it that it it really breaks the idea of what a card game is. Uh, You start off playing... A, a, a card game against this game master, this mysterious game master who's mainly a, a pair of eyes floating in the darkness across the table from you on top of that there's kind of an escape room element to you, you can get up from the table you're playing at, you can move around you can solve puzzles that are, exist in the, the sort of shack that you're playing in, which add new games into you, new cards into your hand for when you play um, that's just the first third of the game. <laughs> the, the next two thirds completely change how the game kind of works. Um, both the card game and the wider game itself. The second game is almost like a, a sort of like a Zelda-like, but instead of combat, you, you play cards against people. The third is a remix of the first third of the game. Um, but... Just with a, a massively different focus to what the first part of the game is. At the same time, there's a meta-narrative running of a person who is somehow come into possession of the video game that you're currently playing. Right. And, and just the weird shit that happens to him as a result of it. It made it to number four on my list, purely on the strength of the first third. The first third is one of the most incredible games that I've played in a long time. The reason it sits at number four is because the middle third of the game is such a kind of letdown after what's amazing about the third. And then I feel that the third one doesn't really bring it home in such a good way. Which, it's weird to talk about a game that's at number four on my list in these terms of, like, what's bad about it? <laughs> but that, like, overarchingly overall... like Fourth, o- you mean? O- fourth, yeah. Overarchingly, to play... A, a a kind of card game similar in style to your Slay the Spires and your Monster Trains and various other games like that that have come out of recent history to play a game like that where the idea behind it is not like I need to build the best deck possible or I need to understand the meta of the game your, your purpose is to break this fucking game you need to figure out the best way like You need to look at the rules that the, the, the game master has put in front of you and go, how can I step outside these rules in a way that will completely destroy the experience of playing this game but allow me to brute force my way through to the end of it? It becomes almost like a puzzle game in that sense. And when I figured out, especially in that first third, when I worked out what I needed to do to get through it, the sense of satisfaction I felt was palpable it was so good when I finished that first third and went it's amazing that I managed to do this by creating like for those who have played the game they'll understand what I'm talking about I took what is a, what starts as one of the most useless cards in the game a round worm and through various stops in the journey that you play through turned this no cost card into like Doing 12 damage And having 8 health And just monstering anything that it touched Incredible Such an incredible experience
3: Um, So I've I've Mostly heard people praising this game Because I know I stopped, I forbid you from talking about this game Beyond that first third Because I was like, oh one day I may play this And I don't want you to spoil it for me But I feel like everyone else that I listen to on podcasts Have gotten past that first third And it just gets better and better um
4: I I think the, the not to spoil anything, but the first the first third and the third third are very similar to one another with one major difference, which the third which the, the DM or the game master in the third third calls out. He's like, Oh, the guy in the first one paid so much attention to like atmosphere and story. I'm not about that. I'm purely about game mechanics. <laughs> and I'm like, No, the thing I loved was the story and the atmosphere Um but it's it's interesting the way the game reinvents itself with each third, still maintaining that core idea of the gameplay, but just differentiating how you approach it and what you're meant to do with it. Um, it's a fascinating game. It's such a it's such an amazing take on the 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 kind of collectible card game that's blown up over the last few years thanks to Slay the Spire. Um, and yeah, it's it's I think another one of those games I've seen it take people's game of the year, and I think that's completely understandable. Um, but yes, I think that my, my top three will illustrate why it sits at number four.
3: Yeah, interesting. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck your top three is now. I know what two of them are. It's the third that is uh, is creating problems for me, but we'll figure it out.
4: Interesting. When you hear it, I guarantee you, I know the one you're missing. When you hear it, you'll be like, oh, fucking course. Cool. So how did I miss that?
3: Okay. All right. We're well, looking forward to that. Right.
4: Number four, Levin's Number four.
3: No, before we get to number four, which beer are we drinking next? We have. Uh, oh. I'll run, I'll run you through the selections. Interesting. Here we have. Um, we have a. <laughs> <is> <laughs> a do you think like describing uh, video games is obnoxious? How about a Lime Creamsicle Sour mm. Beer? A Lactic Sour is very oh. good. It's actually fucking awesome. Then
4: I gave it the Creamsicle.
3: Uh, K- Cass Fresh, Kore- Korea's number one f- beer. Beautiful lager. Sure. And uh, New Zealand Zephyr, an alcoholic ginger beer. Mm. Then we have a Peach Berliner Weiss beer. Okay. Um, and then a um, Blood Orange Sour. Right. Someday. you like sours or not?
5: Eh, oh, I mean look
4: At this point I'm happy to drink Whatever hoves Into my field of vision I want to try that Lime
3: creamsicle Okay great Splice me We're hitting that That That, that Lactic sour Damn Lactic's such a gross that's word That's like
4: the worst way To describe a beer I know it that's, really that's is disgusting totally it Sounds like someone's
3: Boob made it Um, Alright Here you go here's, here's your Pass me your glass
5: I feel like as Why'd well. you pass
3: me your mic? You want me to pour the, the beer on You actually you, you, you just passed me your microphone And held the cup up to your mouth To talk into
4: <laughs> I feel like if we're gonna have Also with the cass If I'm gonna drink a cass I need like a steaming bowl Of Korean fried chicken
3: Who's to say it's not around Actually no, we have- we're having hot dogs After yeah. we finish <laughs> I'm um, making saying, hot dogs I know dogs. it's not
4: happening Um Yeah okay You're number four Come on
3: It's unpacking Hell yeah Love unpacking Fantastic Such a great game Um Uh like one of the many games I played with my kids, and both kids have sent me through, um, <laughs> via their iPads their top five games of the year. But I'll 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 let them reveal it to you after we've done our our top tens. Nice. Um, but uh, I was very happy to see who's, uh whose who's top five unpacking appears in, because uh it really really connected with them. Um, obviously, shared a lot of points about why I thought they think this game is special. When John was talking about earlier, um, talked about like how what a wonderful job it does of storytelling. Um, and, uh, we didn't really talk about, I guess, like the technical aspects of this game, which is far less important by what, than what I think this game does as a a way, as a storytelling device. But, you know, you have this kind of puzzle game that you are trying to work out, this Tetris-esque, um, you know, sorting out all of, making sure all of her bras get put in the... In, in the drawer with enough God, space those, for her bras those
4: bras stressed me out man i
3: was stressed <laughs> out on them bras um you didn't even have to work out how to open them you just had to put them somewhere yeah. um and uh, you know not only does she have uh, socks but also she has ankle socks and so they're different sizes and, and she has different kinds of undies um and you know you, you can't just put them all in different in, 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 the, in the one place you need to move them around a little bit and i played some of this game with my wife um, all four of us sitting down, watching us, watching me play, you know, move around things and getting judged, especially as I was, put, as I was putting the main character's clothes away. Like, you put all that stuff together. Um, but yeah, I, I think from a technical point of view, like obviously this game has some of the most incredible pixel art you'll see this year. Like- Absol- absolutely. Even the,
4: the tiniest objects that you're putting away are so perfectly rendered. Yes. You're never like, What am I what am I holding here? You're immediately like, it's a fridge magnet or it's a pair of nail clippers.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like she has like a bunch of different video game consoles that she takes with her and like it starts there's like a, there's a Game Boy, there's a GameCube, there's a Wii, there's an Xbox. Yes. And they all just look slightly off model that they won't get sued for including them in the game. But still but close enough. Close enough like, and yeah. also you know like I know that when you unpack all the GameCube games, one of them is uh uh, the fucking Zelda, Legend of Zelda in, on the boat. Where it's the boat one. Wind Waker. Thank you, person who's never played that game before. Yeah. Well done. But yeah, you you can tell that it's the artwork for Wind Waker on the on, on the box. And I, I just I love little moments like that. I love that as she grows older, like you said, like the, the, the cup gets more chipped that she keeps her toothbrush in. She also has maintains the same soft toy from the very first time you unpack her her room. Um, when she's a kid, to the end, like once she moves home with her parents, and suddenly this like slightly weathered toy looks a little bit better because I guess she's gotten her mom to stitch it back up again. But that toy stays with her, and then you end up putting that soft toy next to your partner's soft toy on your bed together, and you get an achievement because of that because it's like the two soft toys have found each other, just like you and your partner have found each other. You start. I, lo- I mean, quick, quick thing on the achievement. I love the little achievements that popped up.
4: Yeah, of course, like They're the, so good. That fantastic one where it's like as I unpacked the fridge magnets and it was like, there was a two, there was a three, there was a plus sign and or something and a five, like a one. Yeah, yeah. No, a one and a two and a three and you can make an equation out of it. Yeah. And once I made the equation, it was like, ding! And I was like, yes! You can
3: also, and this is just what I did because I'm a dickhead playing it with Archie and I, I got the, I took the toaster from the kitchen and I put it in the bathtub and I unlocked an achievement for oh, putting really? the toaster in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> achievement. Um, but like, also like, you know, as she progresses, she travels. And every time she travels, she picks up a new little oh, trinket. Of course, yes. And each, as you progress, you have, like, I think by the end of it, like seven little trinkets. And of course, you want to keep them all together. So when, you know, you open a box in the kitchen and there's a trinket in it amongst all of the, you know, pots and pans. You're like, oh my God, i got to take it back to the room that I started putting all the trinkets in. Yes. Um, there's also, she's, she gets a, a soft toy chicken at one point. And then ah, yes. every year gets another chicken another chick another chick of course you're right yeah Yeah. it's just like little moments like that and the most crushing moment in the you know the aforementioned polygon's best worst character of 2021 uh the boyfriend uh scenario where she's she's trying to move in with her boyfriend he hasn't made any effort to make room for her so you have to first move his stuff around before you move her stuff in there's nowhere for you to put your diploma
4: yeah, of course
3: You can't put it on the wall anywhere Except the bathroom Yeah, above but it, the toilet Above the toilet But it doesn't let you keep it there So you end up having a finished level With your diploma under your bed Where no one can see it And that is just fantastic storytelling
4: I remember with the boyfriend level Because uh, one of the things you unpack Is pads and tampons And I remember t- like Going out like, r- Shifting stuff around To place them on Open visible shelves, mm-hmm. just knowing how much that would piss off the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the pads and tampons were put it, out in the put
3: open. Put them under his pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a great game. I actually really want to replay it. Um, my daughter is constantly asking if we can replay it because she loved it so much. And that last house, when you move in with your partner and you have a kid. And it's a full... Like, you know, when you start out, it's one room. Yes. Then I think it's one room and the bathroom. Then it's one room, the bathroom, a kitchen. Then you have a living room as well. And then, like, it keeps adding more and more. And then by the end, you have a full house with multiple levels and, like, multiple bathrooms. First of all, I want to know how much this chick is making a year, exactly. annual, annually. You know what Welcome I mean? Welcome to living in Sydney, um, Brisbane. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved it. That, like that, that that final level just feels like such a big, like the, the, all the, everything you've accomplished in the game so far, or everything she's accomplished in her life. I love that. That's what that the last level is: this enormous house that you have to unpack everything into. Great game.
4: Yeah, she's a graphic designer. Now that I think back on the she's, game. I, I
3: thought maybe a cartoonist, because one Could of the be. characters that she creates, you at one point you unpack a ton of books with that character on the front of. Okay. Or she's a, a cartoonist or a comic book artist something like that. Yeah, interesting yeah. take on it. Yeah. She
4: definitely, um, yeah, I just, there was the drawing tablet and I was like, oh, great. Yeah, she's,
3: she's a cartoonist slash comic book artist.
4: 11. It's my
3: number four game. I know better than you. right? Number th- Oh, shit. Okay. Here's my prediction. Your number three, top three games. Okay. Okay, I'm okay. Number three, Loop Hero. Number two, Death's Door. Number one, Artful Escape. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, what, what do you think mine are?
4: Um, I think you've got number number one. I think is, I I stand by what I said at the beginning. It's Death's Door. Number two, Blue Fire. Mm-hmm. Number three is. Completely erased by beers I've had today. That
3: is my number three game of the year. Well done.
4: Love that game. Gameplay great. The end terrible.
3: Okay, so you're going to reveal your number three game to me, and I feel like I'm going to find out that I'm wrong immediately. oh one hundred percent. Okay, so I know artful. Oh, let me just give me one moment. Artful Escape, and so it's not Loop Hero. Loop Hero rules. Neither of us finished it, so I guess it's not going to be in our top our top threes. Sure. I mean, look,
4: I have a bunch of stuff in that's not finished, but no, you're right.
3: Is so Death's Door, Death's Door is in your top 3
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so is Artful Escape. Yes. And is it the third game that I can't remember? Is, you- it is. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> do
4: you want me to put you out of your misery? Please, kill me. Do you me. want me to put you out of your misery right now? Eleventh, my number three game of 2021 is Little Nightmares 2. Oh, of course. How could you? I mean, I just... Yep. I can see why. It's, for the same reason as a is is missed by so many people. Yeah, this came out in February. The start it's of tot- the year. Yeah, totally, so totally understandable. Like, totally
3: understandable. And I honestly, I, I like as we were, as you were talking, I was like, I've got to figure out what your top three is. I, I I scrolled through all of our episodes, and I got to like March, and I was like, "There's no way he played a game earlier than March that's his game of the year,"
4: <laughs> and I stopped. <laughs> womp womp. Um. Yes. My my third third game of the year. Entering our top three. Little Nightmares 2, developed by Tarsia Studios, published by Bandai Namco. Um, it is a, you know... It's contentious, I think, for you, because I, I you definitely did not draw as much enjoyment from this game as I did. I think it's a lot of stuff that frustrates you. I'd, that I'd, I
3: foolishly played one and then two in the same week.
4: Yes, that's a lot to take on in one go.
3: That's a lot of bad platforming mechanics.
4: <laughs> but I think... In the same way, I mean obviously this is this is a game series that has drawn a lot of comparison to Inside. Stuff that is stuff that Play Dead has done. Because they both came out at the same time, they're both concerned, kind of the same thing. It's a, a young child going through very dangerous situations. In much the same way that Play Dead did between Limbo and Inside, where they took all the stuff that worked really well in Inside, turned it up to ten, and added fantastic stuff around it. That, for me, is what Little Nightmares 2 did. Little Nightmares 2 took all the stuff that was fantastic about Little Nightmares 1, turned it up all the way, and then just improved everything that didn't work. I mean, one of my major issues with Little Nightmares 1 is, for the most part, the environments that you move through in that game are fairly boring. In Little Nightmares 2, it all takes place in this incredible, decrepit city that is falling apart it's never just boring gray metal corridors there's always something interesting going on in the environments that you're moving through you know the first one has very few set pieces that are are memorable this second one it has the whole school level in the second one sure yeah with that teacher with the you know the snake-like neck amazing the the chase that you go through later on in the game where you're being you know all these these citizens of the city who are hypnotized by the tvs and when you turn the tvs off they come lurching after you just this amazing nail-biting chase that takes place the asylum with the 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 puppet things that you know yep terrifying that that whole way of hands disembodied th- hands yeah, th- yeah, that are reaching out at you marionettes under- yeah i yeah. understand your frustrations with that i understand that often it felt like the 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 kind of camera angle and because it's in 3d you might take one step in the wrong direction and be punished for it i mm-hmm. totally get that but i also see it a little bit as being like a bit trip hero or an endless runner where you're trying to learn the pattern and the pattern is what saves you from those situations. So I played that that hallway over and over again, and eventually learnt like two, three, lurch to the left, four, five, lurch back to the right. Sure, et cetera, I get that. Yeah, but
3: the problem with com- that comparison is that like in a game like a Bit Trip Hero or a Cuphead or a um, uh, any of those like you know yeah like those lightning response platformers is is that I always feel like I'm completely in control of my character True in those games and I think Little Nightmare's biggest the worst thing I can say about it is that there are times where something happens to me and I it's not my fault
4: That's fair I think I'm just a bit I'm a bit more willing to forgive that than you are which is why it's number three on my list Um,
3: I, I definitely think that overall this is a It's a better game than the first one, but I think the ending of the first one is so much better than the second one. It's definitely
4: massively more cathartic, particularly since the second one is technically a cliffhanger.
3: Yeah. Because I I loved the craziness that they do with the like, you know, linking it to the first game and all that stuff Mm. in the ending of the second one. I think that that is really fun. Especially if you're already a big fan of this series. I can imagine how satisfying that would have been. But I just think like as a finale the first game's ending is—I was just like, okay, every annoying moment I had, and I feel the same way about Inside. Inside has some sloppy moments too, and is the kind of for me like still the as good as it's
4: fucking blasphemy. Yeah, but
3: like you know, this style of game, Inside, yes. is still as good as it gets. Um, and I, uh, I think Little Nightmares the first, maybe I said otherwise when we first review Little Nightmares too, but I, I, at least from a finale point of view, Little Nightmares finale comes very close to how great Inside's is. Yes, um, and I. I don't know if I feel the same way about um, Little Nightmares too, but I did love that school section, even though I died so many goddamn times trying to hit the other kids with a hammer. But that
4: uh, that definitely like timing that sort of stuff was frustrating, but it I, was I, a, a great I, idea. I totally accept that my positioning for this game is due to the fact that I am unashamedly a fan of this series. Man, yeah, you can follow the history. I, if, I
3: if this this showed up. What time? Where did Little Nightmares come on your? Uh, I'll find. Oh it. my god!
4: Did it even did it rate on one it's of my It did. Yeah, yeah we went
3: through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in uh, the first one we did, I think. Okay. Um, no, it's not. Man, I think
4: it came out earlier. Must have come
3: was, out way I earlier. Think it
4: was pre pre um, podcast. But it, yeah, it's one of those things where this 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 gains a number three on mine purely based on how much of an unashamed fan I was of the first one and how much. It, it just pleased me to see that kind of game continued. Um, it breaks my heart that Tarsier Studios has since been bought by another conglomerate. Like a really bad conglomerate yeah, too. Yeah, not... didn't buy the IP for Little Nightmares. So unless Bandai Namco decides they want to continue it and they find another publisher, uh, another developer... Bandai Namco,
3: for the most part, put out pretty good games. This is an outlier though, outlier, sorry, where... where like there aren't many games that Bandai Namco put out that that are like this, but, I mean, Bandai Namco, like, they even put, like, Amiibo support into the Switch version of the first Little Nightmares yeah. game. So, th- I guess they do care about this 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 property, so... It's,
4: it's just, it's up in the air, and I don't know if it will land again, and it just bums me out, because I'd, I'd love to see more from this world. I'd love to see more of... Uh, six? six nine, one of One of those numbers. 60, 69. 69's Journey. Um... Yeah, I just... I, I had such a... This was one of those games that I was panting for it to come out. And when it did... I, like, I played the demo three or four times just to enjoy it. And even that demo section, the the opening section where you're being chased by the guy with the bag on his head yeah, that's and you, great. you wind yeah, up yeah. fucking shooting him with a shotgun. Like, so many great um, little moments in this game. that, I, that guess
3: the, I mean, if you have a friend that only likes Uncharted games or games that are very much like... Big big set piece set to, to big set piece. This is definitely like the smaller version of that. Yes. With set pieces that are as exciting as anything uncharted does. Yeah. Um I yeah, I, I I really I respect Little Nightmares as a whole. It's not my favorite kind of thing. Um, but I think it is really cool.
4: Yeah. That's my number three.
3: That's your number three. Um so you did predict this game was gonna show up in my number three, uh sorry, in my top three, mm-hmm. but maybe not at number three. Right. My third favourite game it. of the year was Blue Fire. Ooh. Uh, which is choice. a game that w- have you played any of this? No, I
4: haven't. I don't know why I said great. <laughs> That's the beer talking. I just love that you're choosing games. Just being agreeable. Wow,
3: great! I- I'm so glad you didn't choose a, a movie yeah. as a top three favorite <laughs> game of the year. Um, so, Blue Fire is a game made by uh, Graffiti Games and Robbie Studios, who I believe, oh, fuck, I think they're based somewhere in like Argentina. So that is where they're based. Blue Fire for me is another one of those games where I was just like, how did this not show up in more best of the year lists? I understand that there is like a, sh- a shoddiness to it in a way. There is like a, it's, it's so it's a, it's an action adventure game as, uh, all three of my top three are, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, the, the franchise that all three of my games are inspired by is Zelda the legend okay, of zelda so, yeah. and so the uh, the era of legend of zelda cuz each of these games is inspired by a different era of legend of zelda i think you can absolutely like like just see this in 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 the in the flesh of, of all these games is uh this is um inspired by the nintendo 64 era of zelda games not just those, but, but also other 64 platformers. This is a 3D platformer slash action-adventure game where um, you have to uh, journey through the ruined world of... Uh, it's like Penumbra or something. Sure. Do I remember that correctly? That's um, a word. Pe- well, it's not really a word. It's Penumbra. Penumbra, is it? Yeah, it's a word. Okay, right, what's well, a word? It's, it's also the desolated kingdom that you explore through in Blue Fire. Um, and uh, there's no map in this you just are finding exits from one level and entries to another um and to do so you have to do all kinds of crazy uh platforming you know that 3d platforming as a whole is seldom seen in indie platformers i feel like you get maybe one a year where like a hat in time for example or uh what's the not banjo kazooie the one made by the same guys that everyone hates ukulele yeah um it's, it's a very, very risky genre to take on because I feel like so much of what makes us love those games is those rose-tinted glasses when we think back on how young and happy we were when we played those games on the 64, when really they're very rough around the edges. And so when you try and make something that spiritually feels like them in, in 2021, it points out a lot of the flaws with the genre, not just, not just the game you're playing, Um What is amazing about Blue Fire is that it is a really brutally hard platformer game, but also it is a very, like, almost linear action-adventure style style game in the style of A Legend of the Zelda game, where you are, you know, going to these various worlds that are like, you know, one's an ice-themed world, one's a fire-themed world, and you're looking for magical MacGuffins that... You then take back to another place, and and you know you, you, your, your character levels up, etc. You know how video games work. Um,
4: love to love
3: to roll into McDonald's and ask for an
4: egg McMcGuffin in the morning. <laughs> um,
3: but oh wait, was it not a McGuffin? It is a McGuffin. No, McGuffin's okay. the right word. I just
4: you you look at the word egg, and go egg, hey. sausage and egg McGuffin. MacGuff,
3: yeah. um, yeah, I, this game for me is like like all of the you, you unlock basically these like big empty worlds where you just have to do this platformer challenge and collect all of these things, get to the end point without dying. It's a one hit and you're dead in these in these areas, or like you know you fall to your death by missing a platform, or whatever. And they get really fucking hard. But the cool thing about this game is that you have all these crazy abilities that you can um, uh, upgrade and assign, and you get different cloaks that allow you do different things. Um, you can do a triple jump. Any game with a triple jump, fucking ten out of ten in my books. I love a triple jump in a game. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, my game of the year last year. You got a triple jump. But imagine that in a 3D space. Um, I think this game is like, definitely has some roughness around the edges. It doesn't look like you know amazing, but I feel like that is the limitations they've chosen to go for in their t- decision to make it a 3D platformer that harkens back to the era of the Nintendo 64. Um, I love this game so much. I love the music. I love the the enemies are so weird. Um, the upgrades you get to yourself are crazy. You have like just so many different weird attacks and a, you have a sword. Um, you've got to really learn how to dodge. You can get wrecked by almost every enemy at any point during the game. You're going to die a lot in this game and that's going to make you love it even more. Um, Blue Fire, my number three game of the year and I'm sure is a game that not many people listening right now have played. I'm pretty sure it's on sale right now. Please check this game out. If you listen to this podcast and you're like, I generally like the games Levin's talks about, Blue Fire is like one of the most special games that I played in the last year. And while it's definitely not the best, I think it is the game, out of every game on this list, that I would just... like. If you are open to enjoying you know, Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask level of gameplay in 2021, please give Blue Fire a shot. It fucking rules. I loved it so much. And John, I reckon you would dig it a lot too.
4: Hell yeah. Yeah. It's it's something I've I see and I'm like I should go in on this. What and did again, you play, what did you play it on? I played it on the Switch, but okay, I, okay. I believe that it's sounds, on on everything. That sounds like a it's place on for Pla- me. PlayStation,
3: PC, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. That was actually the funniest thing about last year. Listening to our game, um, our Game of the Year episode was that every like second game we'd be like, and this game's available on Stadia, <laughs> and I feel like that's just not a word I've said at all in no, 2021. No, and
4: uh, we we had our little crusade against Linux this year. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But yeah, Stadia kind of feels like it's, it's just disappeared It's like, fizzled yeah. Dead in the water R.I.P. Google
4: I still remember that I can't remember what game it was like the lead dev for But he got um, Hello Beer He got locked out of his um Google account Yes Like, like he, he lost all his movies on YouTube He lost all his emails He lost all his stuff And he's on Twitter just ranting about it And he's like I'm not porting my game to Stadia Fuck you guys essentially Yeah just hilarious Yeah, it was great um, um, Cool, number two
3: Number two for you So, alright all right. I'm gonna say you put Artful Escape as your number two And Death Story as your number one.
4: Oh, dude, you know what? We're about to friggin' find out Cause it's Artful Escape, baby <laughs>
3: That's amazing Our first shared number one in the history of the podcast
4: Love it Which means great when we Also, I just it. revealed my number one Yeah, thanks <laughs> after, we, after we finish your number two We can just talk Talk Death's Door. the two of Very us. exciting. Artful Escape. Artful Escape is uh, my third Australian game well, on the list. John,
3: you don't need to say anything about this game. All everyone needs to know is that Carl Weathers is in it. Number two. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, developed by... Beethoven and Dinosaur, I think, is the name of the... Really? Yeah. Um, who is headed, Fuck, maybe this is my number two, headed, <laughs> headed by Johnny Galvatron. What? Um, from, oh, from, from the Galvatrons, from the of Galvatrons, course. The whatever Galvatrons, whatever his non-Galvatron uh, who, name is. Uh, but uh, he, a, he, a kind of
3: one-hit wonder Australian rock band from he, ten years ago.
4: He was formerly, formerly, you know, in the Galvatrons. The game follows a, a young man who is... Um, basically struggling under the weight of uh, familial expectations. His uncle was this incredibly famous uh, folk singer in the in the sort of vein of a Bob Dylan, if you will, and to the point where his hometown throws festivals about this guy's music, and he is expected to perform at this festival um, basically doing note-perfect versions of his uncle's songs. The difficulty is he doesn't want to be a folk musician. He wants to play fucking incendiary sci-fi, psychedelic prog, yeah, yeah. Psychedelic prog rock, essentially. Um, so he's, he's while struggling with this kind of sense of identity, he is visited at night by an alien who, who takes him on this journey in this incredible ship. Whoa.
3: What did you think of this uh, lactic sour, by the way?
4: Not bad. Pretty good, right? Quite Quite pretty interesting. Good, yeah. yeah, Interesting. Anyway...
3: Interesting is not a good word to describe something you enjoy. Uh, he, it's, it's better than that.
4: He's he's met by an alien who introduces him to Carl Weather's character and Carl Weather's character is this kind of musician who has, you know, traversed the the cosmos and played all these insane gigs and who's trying to teach this this young man Francis I think his name is Francis something. <laughs> I could google this but my my internet doesn't work very well on my phone out here. Um vendetti francis vendetti is the name of the kid uh who invites him to go on this galactic journey to play this kind of incredible concert with a uh a, a out of space life form who will who will destroy him if not entertained and so along the way he's got to play all these kind of warm-up gigs um gameplay wise this is maybe one of the most simple games on my list it is essentially a platformer, but it's not a difficult platformer. It's very forgiving in terms of, like, timing your jumps and all that kind of stuff. It's really not about, like, it's not about the, 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 the experience of, of, you know, like, ooh, I beat that, That's, I feel so good for doing that. In between these platforming moments, there are moments where you do a kind of, like, what, what essentially amounts to, like, a Simon Says, I guess, where, you know, uh, like, button prompts will flash up on screen and you press those buttons to play guitar. Again, those ones are fairly simple. It can be a little difficult to interpret what buttons you need to push occasionally. But again, if you mix up the button, it won't fail you out. It just does the sequence again and you play it. So it's, it's, very, it's very easy in the sense of even if you are bad at playing games, you will be able to play this game successfully. What makes this game great... How many that, hours long is it, by the way? Oh, it's really not that long. Maybe four to six. got to do this. I'm sorry, in, I'm sorry for not doing this. Falls in the four to six range. This is one of the most incredible visual feasts I have ever played through. Each As, as you go through the platforming sections, and these platforming sections take place on these different planets, you can hold down, I think it's the X button, and Francis Vendetti will wail on his guitar as he runs along. Just these these searing, like, incredible guitar solos as he plays, as he as he runs. You can even, like, speaking of triple jumps, you can double jump in this game, but your double jump takes the form of you leap into the air, and then you fucking play a... <laughs> on your guitar, and that, like, extends your jump out. And it's always so much fun to do but as you as you noodle on your guitar the background comes to life in these incredible ways these giant alien creatures will start flashing lights and moving their limbs and their eyes around you know spaceships and giant insects will fly by in the background almost all my time playing this game was spent with me just staring at the screen going wow what the like holy shit this is incredible what a visual you know sensation that's taking place on top of this it it has such a sly sense of humor to it because of the the sort of meta narrative of this game where you're this young musician building an identity for himself you actually build this kid's identity as you go there are various points where you decide like what is your story? You know, and your story is because you are this David Bowie esque cosmic rock star. The story you build comes from the cosmos. You you talk about how oh I I come from the planet Grombly Boops, <laughs> where you know people live in gas cloud cities, and I lead the cos- like I lead the cosmic orchestra of loudness. Kind of like you make up this story as you go, but some of the options you are offered are so funny. There's, like, one of the, like... When you're being asked what planet you come from, one of the options is... Oh, yeah, 89 Bognor Road in Manchester. Like, just this weird, no... Like, you know, nothing kind of city in in England. But it's one of the options you can choose. Um, The voice cast is incredible. It has Carl Weathers, Jason Schwartzman, Mark Strong, Lena Headley... um, as, as kind of the main celebrity cast. And I often, like, if you've, if you've heard the episodes where I talk about this game, I hold it up in contrast to 12 Minutes who had James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, Willem and Defoe. Willem Dafoe and fucking wasted them on some of the most boring dialogue. Also
3: just didn't get interesting takes from them either. Yeah, either, like, and the yeah. most pedestrian like I, Willem Defoe is great at yelling out bad dialogue. But yeah. He wasn't in this
5: game.
4: Carl Weathers in this game is just chewing the scenery as Carl Weathers. Um, like, imagine Carl Weathers kind of trying to do a, like, Bootsy Collins-esque character, <laughs> and you've Amazing. got it. Um, does so, it any,
3: At any point in the game, does he say, yabba dabba a
4: No, he doesn't. Damn, but okay. he, he I guess I won't play it. so many other crazy things that he says. Um, Jason Schwartzman is just doing this fantastic, like, weird performances, this alien kind of 2IC that exists on a ship. Mark Strong and, and Lena Headey both do fantastic... It just all across the board, the, the vocal performances are amazing. And just the, 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 the moral of the story that comes through, which is... Don't follow in someone's footsteps. Be yourself. like But be yourself to the absolute max. Don't be afraid to... Because you know, most of what this kid's afraid of is that his hometown will reject him for wanting to pursue his own dreams the the his overcoming of that and his the confidence with which he approaches his final gig in his hometown really really was touching and really was like oh my god that's right you know live loud live yourself etc etc i think this is this was such a fantastic experience that Again, I think not enough people played this game. This yeah, week. I certainly, I
3: knew it was one I should play. Only I, I, I,
4: 50% I, I, of the people in the room I'm in played <laughs> this game, which is just not enough. Hey, man,
3: <laughs> don't speak on behalf of my anime statues. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how many of Zoro's swords played Artful Escape this week. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there are a few people on, on various podcasts I listen to that really love this game as much as you did. So
4: Just incredible. Yeah. So good. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, look... As, as busy as you are I think it is a game That you should Like in the same way I should play Blue Fire You should circle back And play Awful Escape Yeah and I've got I've really got Game Pass
3: Like I, you know It's already downloaded To my Xbox so I yeah. should just play it But yeah Hopefully when uh, When mm. these damn rugrats uh, Get back to school In a month I, I'll be able to get Some spare time and play it
4: Well I even I don't think there's much In the way of cussing No that's what We, we talked about
3: it initially There's drug references like, huh
4: No there's a suicide reference that's really quite odd. Probably, so I have
3: everything to want to shelter your kid from. That's probably the number one thing. Yeah, huh? of course. Yeah.
4: So maybe I was like, Archie oh, probably no. I don't don't show this to. Like, I mean, I yeah, uh, quiet... people
3: that are like so terrified for their kids to learn that boners exist or something. It's like <laughs> there's so many more things you're yeah. worried about. Yeah. Um,
4: all right. Number two, lemons. So do you
3: like, want to do you want a guess?
4: Uh, we're on third, fourth beer by this point in time. We're
3: more than that, but yeah. Um, what what uh? We've already talked about it. How about that?
4: I've already talked about it. I've already talked about it.
3: <laughs> He's just dropped his phone. It's fire.
4: unpacking again. No, um, shit. I've already talked about it. It is. Blue Flyer is my number three. I know. It's inspired by Zelda. It's inspired by Zelda. It is. shit. It's, is, it's not. <laughs> it second, was not shit. It's not Psychonauts 2, is it? No. Sable. Sable. It's Nail Sable. It. My, <laughs> don't break <laughs> your phone. <laughs> There's
3: always more phone left. Manic John Energy has entered the building. I love yeah. it. I've, oh God, mi- I've God. You missed remember, him so much. You
4: don't remember me drunk. Oh, trust me, no
3: one remembers you drunk more than me. Um, so uh, we have uh, Sable as my number two game of uh, 2021. A yes. game that I was lucky enough to be able to finish on my Xbox, but there were a few bugs throughout it. But hey, you can ignore them. They've been patched. The version of Sable that you might play today will be much... Much bug freer stable. than the version. Exactly, much stable. It was more stable. Sable um, Sable is a game made by Shed Works. Yep. Um, two
4: two person team.
3: Although I'm sure an enormous amount of people oh, of course, worked in this game. A massive
4: amount of more people came in, but I think the the core of Shed Works is two people.
3: Uh, published by Raw Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, soundtrack uh, amazing by Japanese Breakfast. Incredible. Um, so we talked about earlier, like yeah, this is like an adventure game in in the same way that I would say Blue Fire is directly inspired by uh 64 era zelda you know your ocarina of time your um your majora's mask i would even go as far as to put it in the uh the gamecube wind waker zelda as a source of inspiration for Mm. blue fire um much more kind of like not so much jumping but platform heavy you've got the sword it's all there you know you even look like a little deco deku scrub version of zelda in blue fire um not zelda link my god (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I committed the the finest the biggest g- sin. gaming sin. Um, the
4: worst Nintendo.
3: I would say that Sable is uh, is directly influenced by a much more recent Legend of Zelda, and that is Breath of the Wild.
4: Quick aside, do we have another beer on the go? We have so
3: many beers. I've, I've, I've cracked one open here. This is a um, this is a nonsense, blood orange boring. sour beer. Hey I mean, we I did get some beers that I knew you would like, but we we smashed them way too fast. Sure. So, so now we're on the things that my wife refuses to drink. <laughs> Great. So this is a someday blood orange sour beer. I think it's pretty good. It tastes like someone spilled a Fanta in your beer.
4: Yeah, no, that's that's actually <laughs> incredibly spot on. <laughs> Maybe sun kissed, but it's the same sure. thrust. us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
3: I um I can also recommend you a, a a Japanese wine that tastes like a grape haichu. Wow, it's really really good. I <laughs> um, had, had it last week. Um, but yeah, so Sable, you know, it is this. Combat-free game that I would still classify as an action-adventure game, uh, because you are you're exploring. You have this like hover ability, um, but you are like yeah, you're basically exploring this desolate wasteland, and there it's it, there is a map, um, and it's so much fun filling out everything on that map. Um, you can set waypoints in your map and then use your compass to direct you towards it, um, which I found really really satisfying. Um, you have this fantastic glider that. John, I know you had some problems with the way the glider kind of functions, sure. uh, but I found like visually, whatever like weird fuck ups it would make, whatever weird glitches it would do, as I traverse the wasteland, the fact that there's this like bright blue stripe, you know, spewing out of the back of my bike as I as I glide around, made up for any 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 glitches that I experienced while playing. Um, how about you? Like, did you did you forgive the the glider mechanics at any point in your playthrough?
4: It's one of those things where I know that there are a bunch of upgrades or different parts you can buy for your glider, and I just never made it far enough to 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 truly try tune my glider as to what it was. Yeah,
3: there was one I eventually got that was like speed plus stability. Yeah, and I got them up to the max, and so it was just having I was just having a great time.
4: Yeah, but, I think the the difficulty for me that I spoke about in that episode was the the. Like launching off the lip of a dune and then just landing like a fucking rock on the <laughs> other side. Yeah, got frustrating after a while. I kind of yeah, I, I kind of loved it at the same time. Sure. I, got, I got
3: very used to the game's physics. Mm. There, it is the ultimate. Like I guess, like when, when I compared to Breath of the Wild, I remember when they announced that at Game the the E three, and um, I think it was a wider, uh, or maybe it was Miyamoto. He was like, "Hey, you see that that mountain in the corner? We can go to that mountain." Um, and I now know it's, it's actually the, the Nintendo developer who only works on Zelda stuff. I forget what his name is, though. Link. Sorry, guys. Link, you're right. <laughs> um, and uh, I loved about Zelda, sorry, about Sable, that I would see something, <laughs> like, you know, the, the 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 a skeletal head in the distance. And I'm like, what's that head doing there? Or this weird blinking light in the distance. And you would just travel over there. I got quite used to just being, because like, one weird glitch I had, which has been patched, um, is that my bike would never come to me? Um, you, you can hold down a button and, and you whistle, and your bike comes to you instantly.
4: Or one of my favorite things is you d- should yell the name of the bike, and I always loved yes. hearing that. Samu. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. so good. Um, but for a while, my bike wasn't coming to me, so I just got really used to just running around the map, and, yes. and you don't, you know, you're slowly working up your stamina. But there's a great moment in the middle of the map, is just this like big skeleton of a like of some crazy beast that that once roamed the the planet that you're on. And on as you you climb up the skeleton and then float over like you know various portions of, of what spine remains jutting out of the earth, and there's a society of people that live like you know, there's houses and shops and all these things that live on this what remains of this creature and it's just this enormous thing jutting out of the out of the world and one of the most rewarding kind of like exploration moments i had playing a video game this year the soundtrack is what makes me forgive every single bug because i could be so frustrated that like i was clipping through the floor or my bike wasn't coming to me or who knows what else but every piece of music every every area you visit has a because there's a day and night cycle so everywhere you go has a four minute ish piece of music for the day Loop, loopable yeah. and then a loopable four minute piece of music for the for the night and it just there is I, you know i'm going to look it up quickly on my phone to, to make sure everyone knows if they if they're on the fence about this game and they just need to listen to a little bit of the soundtrack um funniest moment for me in the game was the the, the main song Glider. glider, which which uh, Japanese breakfast sings, it plays as you first leave your hometown for the first time, and it's such a beautiful moment because it, it. But it keeps playing until the, the song finishes. So I had this twenty second moment where I was like, "Oh my god, what a beautiful song to start playing as I leave my house, my hometown for the first time." Then I crashed and ate shit for thirty <laughs> seconds while this beautiful song just kept playing. Um, Ekria. Is one of the first places yes. you'll visit, um, and the day and night cycle. I think the night for the for the most part is like a few BPM slower, um, like or, or like half the tempo of the of the day version. But they all build up to this. Like often they'll build up, to, and then and then a guitar, like an acoustic guitar solo will happen. They're very jammy and vibey, like songs. So I finished playing two of the worst gigs of my life this past weekend. Really? Uh, yeah, I had a really shit New Year's Eve where I played to about twenty-five people in a two-hundred-person venue, oh. and the next day I played to about the same amount of people in a
5: four-hundred-capacity
3: oh. venue. It sucked and I just had to keep playing and suck it up, especially I was meant to play with one of my best friends who <gasps> tested positive oh, I saw, yeah. uh, on New Year's Day, oh. an hour before we were set to play. Fuck. So he was like, I can't come today and I just had to do the eight hour set oh. by myself.
4: And that sucks so hard because he would have been so fun to hang out. Exactly. With eight hours. Exactly. Oh. exactly. Joyride,
3: shout out to you. Shout out to Joyride. Um, and uh, I finished the gig and I was just like, that sucked so much. I'm going to listen to the disabled soundtrack on the way home. Great choice. And so yeah, there is the Ecria soundtrack, the Ecria theme rules so much. And then even almost as good as that. And it's just guitar is Sansi. Okay. And that is just this like acoustic guitar. Ding, ding, do. It reminds a little bit of the microphones right. uh, from back in the day. Um, amazing soundtrack by far my favorite soundtrack of the of the, of the year although my number 1 game is a very close second but yeah uh, i think japanese breakfast did such a good job with the sable soundtrack and the team did such a good job with sable in general it's a really special game and i think while i would describe all these games on my top 10 as as great good excellent awesome games there's only a few of them that i would describe as truly special and sable absolutely is fantastic that's my number 2 game of yep. the year john
4: it's god i wish this was higher on my list but my my you know as i as i outlined my experience with it
3: yeah i know fair enough like that bug is just like so fucking shitty absolutely and like
4: anything that causes anything that means you have to start a game over again is
3: yeah that sucks it sucks that you weren't able to like i don't know just write to them and be like hey my specific issue is this can you fix it thank you (laughs) um hey maybe you can you should try it um but yeah, like, you know, in the end, you have to decide what kind of person you want to be for the rest of your life in Sable. And uh, I was going to go like with like a troll answer and be the guy who just sits in a in a cave waiting for you to bring him rocks. <laughs> That's who I want to be for the rest of my life. But I, yeah. I chose the engineer who is definitely the person that you have the strongest connection to before you leave your hometown and the best conversations you have with other people in the game. They're all engineers too. Um I would, you know, in my heart of hearts, I knew I should have been a map cunt, but I, choose, I chose engineer instead. Um, so, John, before we hit uh, number two on our list. No, dude, we're in number one. Number one, sorry. Number one on our list. I want to go through our top ten. Right. Um, and obviously, we're going to go through it all so everyone can hear it, but also I want you to let everyone know if you can fish in the game. <gasps> okay. So, right. number ten for me Flynn, son of Crimson. You well, can not fish, but you can punch fish. You can punch fish. Very Solar Ash was my number nine game. You cannot fish in that game. Tiger Trios, Tasty Travels. You can serve fish in the sushi, but you cannot fish for it to begin with. Aliha Again, I think you can fight fish in this game. You're certainly on water. Yes. I'm sure at one point a fish jumps out at you, but probably I don't think you can fish for them. Dodgeball Academia, no fish. Sorry, everybody. Toem. You take photos of fish. True. I don't believe you can fish for them. Unpacking. I don't even know if you unpack a fish at any point in that game. No,
4: I don't... No, um, I think there's a fish-shaped plate.
3: Okay, great, there you go. Cool. No fishing in Blue Fire and no fishing in Sable.
4: Man, I got a him no fishing, as discussed. Uh, Wildermyth, there is no fishing. Uh, for, the Forgotten City, again, no fishing. Damn. Uh, unpacking, as discussed, you might be able to unpack a fish plate. A Sable...
3: That'd be so funny if you unpack a bunch of rods.
4: yeah. Um, Sable, no fishing Psychonauts 2, I have not seen any fishing in the game mm-hmm. uh, so that's a no uh, Inscription, there is one point where you take a photo of a fish I believe, but there is no fishing further than that Little Nightmares 2, there is no fishing The Artful Escape, there is no fishing Leavens Is this the worst year on record for fishing Fishing games? You're right. Last year was so amazing for
3: fishing games. Of course, one of our number one games of the year Hades, you could fish in. Mm Spirit Pharaoh, you could fish in. Mm -hmm. Sukuna of Rice and Ruin. Kato. Finotopia Awakening. So many games that you could fish inside of, but uh, there was no fishing to be found in uh, our top 10 games of 2021, unfortunately. Uh, But let's talk about number one number one I don't believe you could fish in this either but you are you do play a bird and a bird's favorite food is fish <laughs> a bird and is a at one point you bird. beat the fish out of, beat the shit out of a frog creature
4: a bird is a kind of fish that's um, true it's a fish of the sky <laughs> um it's death Door
3: it's death door acid nerve developed this game devolver published, digital published, published it devolver. I'm surprised that it's your number one I don't know why I know you loved it as much as I did but I just I don't know I, for some reason I was just like this is so such a me game that I was I just <sighs>
4: Do you want to know why?
3: Why? I do a, want to know why. A,
4: the whole package itself is fantastic. The soundtrack's amazing. The art is amazing. The, the combat is great. The exploration, the world you go through. Games, it's... for A lot of the time, it's not just what you're playing on the screen, but your experience in the real world of that game. What set this game apart from every other game that was on my list is the sense of camaraderie that existed between you and I playing this game. Yep, I get that. That's what made it number one for me, is is messaging each other going, have you done this? Have you worked out that? Yeah, oh my God, I just so achieved true. this. Oh, I got the, like, as cheeky as it is, like not knowing how to get the final weapon in the game and taking a screenshot and sending it to you and being like, what do you think of my sword? Yes. And being (laughs) like, fuck you, how do I get it? And you being like, I just finished this boss and me being like, God fucking damn it. I'm like, ugh. That for me is what made this my game of the year.
3: There's another podcaster, Andy Cortez, uh, from Kind of Funny, and he was uh, tweeting about how much he loved Death's Door, but he couldn't, for the life of him, figure out how to get that final weapon. And I was like in bed about to go to sleep. And... I'd just gotten it that day, and I was like, here's how you get it, dude. <laughs> Even Amazing. though I only knew because you told me. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
4: but it's, funnily enough, it's another one of those things where the comfort of seeing us fall into our strengths again, in that you were taking down these insane combat situations that took me like, tens upon tens of deaths to get through, but you were like, nope, I got it. I'm done. And I'm. Uh, and and me going like okay well I know what I'm good at which is solving puzzles I'll solve these puzzles so you know Yeah maybe
3: when we finish playing we should try and finish Tiger Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels together.
4: Drunk Tiger Trio's Tasty Word. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Trio's Tasty Tipples. Um yeah I just that that for me is what like this the moment we played it the moment we went through those 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 exchanges and that communication It cemented this game at the top of my list and just went, nothing's going to knock this off at this point. Yeah, I think... Because all the other games I've played were solitary experiences and it was just so much fun to have this experience of, I'm playing this game, I know someone else is playing this game at the same time and we have this back and forth about it.
3: And the fact that um, we both had it like a week before it came out too. Yes, yes. And so trying to finish it before it came out and not being able to like consult a guide, just being at the whim of each other's skills at this game, you know, yeah, that's so special. I think all adventure games should feel like this. Like, the, they call it, like, the, what, the water cooler conversations when a game comes out. Like, everyone has such a different experience of Breath of the Wild. And uh, to bring back to the Zelda analogy I said earlier, um, this, is the, this game is directly uh, influenced by the link to the past and link between worlds eras of, uh, of Zelda.
4: Yeah. Right. Okay. We
3: have the isometric cut down view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I I loved playing as this little bird. Even just like the world, the world of like bureaucracy of the of, yeah. of the crows, I found so endearing. Um, and then, as soon as you actually you know get into the world, I love like the conceit of the game too, where like you, someone's st- soul is is stolen from you, and you can never truly return to your real life until you retrieve that soul. Um, and so, in order to retrieve that enormous soul that was taken from you, you have to take the souls of three other monsters in the world. In the world, and each of them, like you know, the masters of these weird domains. Then you have this fantastic final run of bosses. Um, I like. I think like that final boss that you fight in like the main the main campaign of this game is the bo- best boss fight, second only to the the final boss in Metroid Dread, I think. I, just, okay. I, I, found the, I found him so rewarding. I loved how many weird phases he had. I loved the part, the one where you were like chasing him through all of the different worlds. Yes. um, to uh, Like so much fun. And then like to top it off, after like, a really, really satisfying experience, there's still parts of the map that you've visited throughout the game. Where you're like, what is that? And you don't actually get to do anything or interact with that part of the world until you've finished the game because this has like this like two to three hour post game stuff that like i guess if you maybe like if you had it hyped up to you before which sorry i probably did that but (laughs) you know maybe you were disappointed but for me like i just like what an amazing weird bunch of post-game stuff they had you do in, in death's door yeah um and like for us that was just we were like we would send each other screenshots of like you know how the fuck do you ring this bell? How do you turn this light on? What happens when you do this? Like, I know there's this thing above here on the map, but I can't get to it. And it was all stuff that happened at the very, very end. And yeah, I, I man, this game is so special. I love the, the soundtrack so much. I think it's so the perfectly fucking, fit, the, perfectly the, matched.
4: What is it? The the restaurant you go to? The Drowned Sailor yes, or whatever Yes, and it is. it's
3: run by a squid pretending to be a human. Yeah. It, and he's essentially wrapped, weakened at Bernie's himself. A, yeah, wrapped yeah.
4: around a human puppeting... But the soundtrack for that. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, my God. I love it. This, yep. is, this is Sable and Sable this. Uh, now that I've had a few beers, I'm probably going to get irresponsible with my credit card and order both of them on vinyl. Tonight. Do they exist on
3: vinyl? I don't know if they do.
4: Yeah. this this It was uh, announced recently. Wow. Crazy. Three, three LP set. For um, Death's Door or for Sable? Death Door. I think Sable might be two, but yeah, I I need this. I want this. Yeah, yeah. I know absolutely.
3: it's available on Bandcamp, but seventy bucks for Sable soundtrack on vinyl.
4: Hell yeah, I'll pay that. I don't give a shit.
3: <laughs> you just bought a so TV Olive, and an Xbox. It's so, so Olive
4: funny. won't go to daycare a couple of weeks. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, I I think it's it's like the design of this game is incredible. Um, the the variety of enemies, the combat is really. Good and tight, like I've noticed. Like there, there are games I've played where I'm like, your dodge roll is just not tight enough.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. With this, yeah, it's
4: perfect. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I know, like, obviously, you know, during the comparisons of Zelda: Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds, I don't have that experience. I don't really, you know, I don't have the the background on a game like this. But taken at face value, this is still an amazing game. And one of those games where
3: Yeah, you definitely don't need to have played a Zelda game to appreciate Death Store.
4: Not, not as much of a litmus like Unpacking was my litmus of intelligent pushing forward of game design. Death Star was my litmus of this is a fucking good game. How could this not be on your game of the year? Yeah,
3: yeah, for me it's like I don't think it does anything particularly new. Just, just everything like, it does do is just so tight, so
4: fucking well done. Yeah, and how like because it was one of those. It's it was one of those things that definitely highlighted to me how often game publications are just like, oh no no no, our game of the year list needs to be ninety percent triple A's. Yeah, and maybe we throw an indie in just just to to prove. What well, I mean,
3: Devolver shot themselves in the foot because they put Inscription out, and I feel like Inscription took that ten percent. Indie yes, vote away from death's door. Definitely. On so many lists. Yeah. yeah.
4: It, it showed up on a couple. I think for me, the most comprehensive GRT wireless I saw was Polygons. Yeah. But that's partially because they had 50 fucking games on there. Yeah, totally. So it's difficult to miss any of the ones that I, I thought shouldn't be missed. But yeah, overall, it was just like... I, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of a triple-A that I'm like, man, Death still beats the shit out of that. I can't really think of one, but...
3: I mean, I like this more than Deathloop. I like this more yeah, than... Yeah, 100%. Uh, what other big triple-A games that I play this year? Not many, to be honest. But, I mean, I did not like this more than Metroid Dread. Like, Metroid Dread just beats this out. Sure. Which is crazy to me that like that a Metroid game is as good as it was. in uh, in 2021
4: look it's nice to know that someone in my neighborhood
3: is playing <laughs> metro dread fuck you jesus send return to sender motherfucker come yeah. on uh, dick move uh yeah I, maybe maybe hopefully we'll be in a position where i can buy that for you for oh. a late christmas present Thanks, but uh okay. yeah I, uh, I i just think death door is just such a special cool awesome tight game that like you know i i got the switch version of it and just started playing it and suddenly i lost three hours and i was like oh fuck i'm already at like where the first boss is yeah you know i'm already in the the garden of the whatever whatever the fuck and garden of the manor yeah yeah and i you know done it, it's just it's it's such a tight game i loved 100%ing it so much um again really rewarding as you like do all the challenges and you upgrade your magic which gives you like stronger attacks I probably will never do the run you need to do where you only use the mop or the umbrella so the, the umbrella, umbrella instead yeah. of the sword to get the true achievement. No, nah, that's but yeah. But uh like I I had a great time actually completing everything that was to complete in the game itself. I loved it's... I loved finding all of the um the seeds and I loved that mechanic of find the seed, plant the seed, the the seed grows a flower, you can eat the flower for
5: health.
4: Yes. It's also it was you, you only ever really encountered story when you, you met up with the bosses. Which meant well, that... Well, the story
3: it was just them, like, giving, like, insulting you.
4: But it was... What what I mean by that is it was a funny game at the right moments. Yes. Because when you had those interactions with the boss, like, the, the 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 grandma boss, the one that... The, the first line t- she
3: says to you is, you little you shit. You little shit. So
4: Amazing. Good. Amazing. Yeah. So, f- but, like... After after an hour or two hours of, like, combating your way through the manor gardens and, and navigating your way through the manor and all that kind of stuff, to be met by this lady and have her say, you little shit... Yeah, I loved it. I, I just lost it. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so good and so well-timed. Um, yeah, I there's just... There's so much to love about this game. Um for the aforementioned reason, you said is it, it's not pushing anything forward. It's just doing stuff that's been done so well that it becomes its own little thing.
3: Yeah, shout to Death's Door! Big wow, shouts to death's the store. first ever joint number one game on all the small games.
4: Huge milestone. That rules! I'm, uh, so, I'm so happy. Well, interesting. Interestingly enough, I will I will bring it up now. Uh, I ran a little poll in our Discord. Oh yeah, great. To see what their game of the year is. Um, we had 11 respondents, which means there were 66 total possible points to do. Uh, and by far... Keep in mind, uh,
3: John and I ran this with very little time to actually do. Yeah,
4: I, I, kind of, I launched it initially and then COVID happened and I have a daughter and I forgot. <laughs> so, um, I, I, really could have put my effort into this. So to the 11 people who I hope are listening, thank you very much for putting your votes in. Um... And if, if this is run next year, then I, I definitely hope more people get involved because it's always really interesting. But I think it's a, it also is an example of just how diverse the amount of stuff that came out this year was. So in first place, a very, very clear and easy first place was Death's Door with 18 points. Shouts to the Discord. Shouts to the Discord. Synergy, baby. In second place with eight points, a very clear second place was Loop Hero. There you go. Third place, which had four points and then gained one tiebreaker point to put it up to number five, was Alisha. Uh And then I guess combined fourth place uh, with four points each uh, Forgotten City, Inscription, and Dodgeball Academia. And Dodgeball Academia only got to fourth place because it was a three point game with a tiebreaker vote. Okay. Uh, we I have love these stats four, uh, do, do, Okay, I have to ask Because you did this to me on the other one Do you actually like? Yeah, just... of course I love stats Okay, good, me? just checking I didn't know if you were giving me shit on the other game of the no, know, no, 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 I love stats I love the stats, Levins Fuck you um, uh, I'm the numbers in, guy And then in combination fifth place, I guess I don't know how you do this, but Three points each Ender Lilies, Bowser's Fury Solar Ash and Flynn's Son of Crimson We have five with two points, which are Wild at Heart, Tales of Iron, Mundorn, A Day, and Crumble. And then we have three one-pointers, which are Artful Escape, Beast Breaker, and Critters
3: for Sale. Hmm, A few games that we didn't play on that list.
4: Hmm. Uh, Yeah, a couple of games we didn't play. A couple of ones that I'm I'm glad got a shout-out on that list. Levens, is it time for our honourable mentions?
3: Um, Before we get to honourable mentions, let's decide which publisher is the Ooh. publisher of 2021. Look,
4: I already know what your answer to this one is. It's pretty fucking easy. It's Humble game. Well, I don't know.
3: Is it? So here, here's, here's what Devolver put out this year. I think it's a race between these two. Devolver released Inscription, mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. Friend Pedro, Ripe for Revenge, the phone game. Bli- okay, that was a good one. Blight. <laughs> Blightbound. Are you adding it to your honourable mentions? I yeah. Uh, Death's Door, Boomerang X, mm. Phantom Abyss, Essays on Empathy.
5: hmm
3: I think that's all. And, uh, Loop Hero and Sub Rosa. And Oliha and Minute Fun Racer.
4: Interesting. Okay, it's a pretty big year.
3: Pretty big year. Um, Humble Games, we have... Um, okay, I was just going to pull up their games here. Archvale, which neither of us played, but apparently is quite fun. Uh-huh. Um, Unpacking, Unsighted, Flynn, Son of Crimson, Dodgeball Academia. Um, and uh, they were involved in the publishing of Toem as well.
4: Right. That's a pretty big year as well.
3: Should we just say they're tied? Big tie. Okay, they're tied. Humble and Devolver, congratulations. You're tied.
4: (laughs) Good one, guys. You're tied.
3: (laughs) Um, Um, Cool. They also put out um, Next Space Rebels, Into the Pit, The Wild at Heart. Okay, um, which I, which will show up on my Honourable Mentions. Of course. So yeah, they, 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 look, they, had, they both had very, very good years. John, it's almost time to Honourable Mentions, but I need to take a leak first. So let's take a quick break, which no one else will find out about unless I told them, which I did. Okay, we're here with some very special guests. We have Archie Levens. Hello. And Tilly Levens. Quick, into the microphone. Hi. Um, Archie has brought his R2-D2 Tamagotchi But you need to ignore it. Ignore it. Put it in your pocket. Archie, put that Archie Damagotchi in your pocket or I'll make you eat it. (laughs) Because it's time for you guys to give your top fives of the year. Um, Archie texted his to me, which is a sentence that feels weird to say, but that's how you you got it to me. So Archie, you've written down your top five games of the year. I didn't specify indie games. I just said, tell me your top five games of the year. So Archie, go through your top five. Go.
2: Rain on your parade.
3: So Rain on your parade was a game that we played on Switch. It's on everything. You play as a... Cloud. And what have you got to do?
2: Rain and ruin stuff. Yeah,
3: you've got you to ruin stuff as a cloud. Um, why did you like it? <laughs> it's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, next on your list is... Animal Crossing. Specifically, the Happy Home... What is it called? Happy Island Paradise?
2: Happy Home Designer, and, and it's on... New Horizons
3: Yeah So we had fun with that one I think What's funny about Animal Crossing Is that we started Playing it last year And we just stopped Playing it Even though every Other person in the universe Was obsessed with Animal Crossing We got over it But then this year We just got right back Into it And uh, loved it
2: Yeah And had millions Of cockroaches In our
3: house (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay next on your List is
2: There is no game Wrong Dimension
3: So, There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension, uh, I put it as an honourable mention for me because it came out last year. It was on John's game of uh, top 10 games of the year last year as well. Why did you love There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension so much?
2: Funny puzzle game.
3: (laughs) Great. Uh, Next on your list, number four, Archie, you wrote?
2: Warrior Get It Together.
3: (laughs) So, even though it's not published as an indie game, I would say it's absolutely a small game because it contains hundreds of small games in it. Um, I reckon that's the game we played the most of besides Animal Crossing this year
2: uh, sure
3: <laughs> okay and last one on your list
2: Dodgeball Academia
3: excellent and uh, that that came I think it was my number six game of the year that I just, that I just talked about then okay why did you like it the music uh, yeah. everything <laughs> yes yeah that was a good game excellent game okay thank you Archie Tilly make your way over to the microphone uh, we're going to go through your top five. You wrote them all down on a piece of paper. And um, Tilly is five. And I, if you need help with, with reading the writing, I can help you. You ready? Okay. What was your, what was your first one on here? Hua. Hua. So Hua is spelled H-O-A. And I talked about it on the show a long time ago. It was made in Vietnam. And it is a platformer game where you play as like a, like a, a forest spirit kind of fairy thing. Yeah, yeah. And and we played that every morning before school for a few for a few weeks and you loved it. What did you love the most about it?
2: Like the ending was like really sad, but then it became happy and I loved oh. the bit that was at the ending.
3: Yeah, did you love the music too? We listen to the music sometimes when we're driving home. Yeah. Okay, what's next on your list? Do you know what that word says? It starts with a B. A bow. Bowser's Fury. Is that nice and loud?
2: Bowser's Fury.
3: So, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury is next on your list. That was a lot of fun to play. We should play it again, hey? These are the games that Tilly always asks me to play again. Um, What's next on your list? I see super, the word super. Super Mario?
2: Super Mario Party.
3: Yep. We had fun playing that a lot. What's next on your list?
2: unpacking
3: unpacking and this is like the movie the game that you always ask if we can play again you were so sad when this finished eh and why did you love it so much though
2: because at the ending there was a baby <laughs> <laughs> what a happy
4: ending
3: so all all games should have a baby at the end
2: no
4: how about Bowser's fury that.
3: okay and then last on your list is toem and what did you love about toem the photography game it was cute, hey? It was so nice. Yeah, and all, all, the, all the puzzles were so much fun. Okay, so that is Archie and Tilly's top five games of the year. Thanks, Archie and Tilly. You can run back inside now. Professional video game
5: journalists.
3: My favorite, my favorite journos. All right, that interlude is over. No more toddlers on this podcast. It's real men only. Yeah. And we're cracking open a cast. <laughs> Beautiful.
4: Ooh, elaborate crack.
3: Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to do it with a mic in my hand when I have a stand directly in front of me.
4: Multi-stage um, crack.
3: So as I pour your beer, John, it's time yes. to go through our honorables and our dishonorables Do we do the dishonorables let's, first?
4: Let's go dis first. Let's, okay, let's so... Get, the, end on a pause note.
3: The way I kind of like ranked my honourable mentions is that I have games that I finished that I still thought were good, but not top 10 worthy. Games that I didn't finish that I wish I had time to finish. And the only way to become a dishonourable game uh, with the exception of one, uh, <laughs> is that uh, I didn't finish it and I had no desire to finish it. Um, so let's go through dis- dishonorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my dishonorable mention, number one, you can probably guess what it's going to be it's
5: 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Let's my dishonorable just, mention, I
3: did not like anything about that game. Yeah. Um, similarly, another Annapurna game that came out at the start of the year that I also did not like one bit, Maquette.
4: Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll chuck that on mine as well.
3: <laughs> um, I uh, I just I I thought both games were like so much style over substance. I just it really annoyed me how little there was to those those games, and what was there was just just not fun to me at all. Yeah. Um, I am then going to say dishonorable game. Okay, the only dishonorable game that I finished was Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. Right. Um, I respect the original Alex Kidd game. The remake was just a really pretty (laughs) version of that game that was, I mean, like, it did the bare minimum and it was very expensive. So, therefore, it's dishonorable.
4: Especially since you played a ton of games this year, thanks to publishers like In-In that have brought back old games and kind of reinvented them and made them fresh for the modern era. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think if they're just going to do a graphics upgrade for it, like... Get yeah and there's
3: definitely things that in could do to make these packages a bit more worth their while but yeah alex kid in, in in miracle world looked so awesome but was still just like a, an old shitty game yeah. in fact it was shittier to play it with the new graphics than it is to play it with the 8-bit graphics which and is there bizarre
4: were, there were game design decisions that were made back then based on wider forces like the marketplace i know i i've don't know if it's apocryphal or has been actually confirmed, but some of those early Disney games, you know, The Lion King and mm. Aladdin and stuff like that, those were made difficult because game rental places yes. wanted people to like, oh, I've run out of my rental, I need to re-rent this to finish it Exactly, again, yeah, yeah. Which is just horrible.
3: Like, yeah, it's no good. It's shitty game practice when you just make that, that last, you know... Yeah. Make the the life count low and the and the yeah. levels so long and yeah yeah it's it's shitty shitty practices, uh, Taxi Chaos another dishonorable okay. mention, the uh, uh, what's the what's the crazy taxi crazy taxi um kind of tribute game that ended up being just not very fun um, Eastwood I put in as a dishonorable mention
4: interesting okay. we talk a
3: lot about ri- about riding in video games and I think I would say Eastwood while it looked great and what little amount of the actual gameplay I was able to play was fun. I think it is the most overwritten game I played, maybe ever. Sure. Um, so it maybe becomes dishonorable in that. A gummy's life, which is a game that my son loved, <laughs> and I fucking hated. Sure. <laughs> um, which it's like a uh, like a fall guys clone where you yeah. play as like gummy gummy like the, the gummy bears and stuff. Uh, and then finally, and this one hurts a little bit. Moonglow Bay is uh, a game that I was looking forward to a lot that disappointed me quite a lot.
4: Yeah, yeah, I pay that. My, I'm, I'm maybe not as strict in my definitions of my Honourable Mentions, my Dishonourable Mentions. There were ones I finished in my Honourable Mentions, ones I didn't finish. It was just games that I was like, I see what you're going for, and I really appreciate what you've done. Whereas Dishonourable Mentions is... Basically what you said, I, there's nothing that drew me to finish that game. I only have four Dishonourable Mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one up is 12 Minutes. While I appreciate... While I think mechanically they made... It was an interesting attempt at a looping time game. I just think if they were taking that point-and-click approach to it... One thing point-and-click games do fairly well when they are made well... Is they they guide the player and they hint at what you should do. Mm. And they, they suggest things. Yep. i I lost so much time playing 12 minutes... To pursuing one particular approach that I thought would work. And only on my like... Sixth or eighth iteration, did the character even mildly go, like, oh, maybe this approach won't work? It's like, <laughs> no, you should, you should, like, not hold my hand, but, but give me feedback on what I'm doing and, and guide me towards what the right path is rather than just being like, fuck you guys, you know.
3: Yeah, also, like, it, at one point, like it, you have to turn that game into wife death simulator.
5: Yeah. F- to progress. Especially
4: when your wife is watching when you do that. That's just <laughs> terrible. Like, Oh, I felt so bad about that. Um, and just as, as we mentioned earlier, when I was talking about Artful Escape, woefully uninspiring celebrity like voice. Why cast. would you
3: get Daisy Ridley who is British to come and do an American accent in a game—it makes no sense. But why? Why would you get Willem Dafoe, who was like, "Hey, one of Hollywood—don't go there, crazy dudes—to yeah,
4: yeah. just do this pedestrian fucking bad cop? Where's regime? the watch? Yeah, yeah. Like, just it just overall was felt terrible. Um, I agree as well with Moonglow Bay. I was so excited for that. I mean, look, we, we just hey, went...
3: you're right. The only game you could fish in this year. Yeah, and, it was and disappointing. It's, it's
4: on our dishonorable list. I mean, the fact that it launched with a ton of bugs in, in a Sable kind of style was, was disappointing, but overall it just wound up feeling...
3: Charmless to
4: me. Very, very yeah. charmless. Very, like... I mean, one of the things you're, you're tasked with doing in the game is rebuilding the community you're in, and they gated... That rebuilding so effectively that I was like, I I just I got so frustrated trying to follow the the objectives that were given to me that I was like I don't want to play this anymore, fuck this game. Maquette I agree with as well. Again, you had another pair of celebrity voices. It was yeah. Who was who was in Maquette? Oh, uh, the girl
3: from Jurassic. Uh,
5: World. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard.
4: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember if the guy was famous as well. I really liked the puzzle. Um, I really liked the the, the sort of the, the conceit of the puzzle mechanic that they had going. Um, but I still think something like Superliminal did it better mm. in a way. And just the story, I was so exhausted about this whole... Well, the thing, like... you would
3: do like 10 minutes of puzzle solving and then you would have to endure like double that of story stuff. Yeah,
4: and the story stuff wasn't particularly... Didn't really flip any switches for me. Yeah. No it's like, oh, a, a, you know, a, a hipster couple falling out with one another. Boo hoo. <laughs> um, and then my final dishonorable mention, which I avoided talking about on the podcast when I did it, apart from mentioning it once, it was The Magnificent Truffle Pigs. Oh, yeah. The shit. second game released by AMC Games, um, which, you know, AMC, the, the, Cinema the, train. the, the channel... That's famous right. for like Breaking Bad and Battle oh, of course, that one, Soul yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, uh, they've released their game. They they have a they have a game subset now. This was the second game they released. It, it's a um, it's a walking simulator that's based simulator that's based around metal detecting. I was excited for it because I was like, hey, I like metal. I like walking sims with goofy conceits to them. This just it did everything it possible to stop you from playing the game. Like, every time you discovered something, there would be a three to five minute radio or text conversation between your character and the other character who's searching. That was just like, oh, you discovered a badge. Oh, I wonder if it's for a local rock band. What would you call a rock band if you had one? I'm like... Shut the fuck up! I don't care what yeah, either of you have to say. I want of, to
3: just get on with metal detecting. It kind of goes back to Eastwood. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really, like... You were a bit more... We, we were way... Sorry, you were way more critical of that when we first reviewed it. Mm-hmm. But you were much further in the game than me. I assumed that everyone was so fucking talkative because it was, I was still in the, the, you know, tutorial part of the game. But as I progressed, it never waned. Like, you talk to any character and they have, like... You have to scroll through, like, 15 paragraphs of dialogue with every, like, little interaction you have. It was so tiresome.
4: But still, the bonus with Eastwood was you could hit a button and speed the thing up. Sure, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You couldn't do that in Magnificent Truffle Pigs. That's annoying, yeah. I played half an hour of this game, and I put it down and was like, I'm never touching this fucking game again. I'm, I'm easy, so never annoyed I truffle it. truffle
3: or pork again.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: Magnificent or not?
4: It, it just... I, I was, yeah, that bummed me out so hard. Anyway, dishonorable mentions.
3: That's the end of the dis- dishonor. Now we move to the honorable section. Yes. So I have broken mine up in two sections. One, I have honorable mentions of games that I finished um, and uh, and loved, but, like, you know, I, I really enjoyed them, but they're not in the top ten. Justin make top ten. So they are Hua, um, as mentioned earlier by Tilly, uh, the Vietnamese made uh, very Studio Ghibli-inspired um platformer adventure game it was really really sweet i think it is a bit too short and my biggest problem with it was Shout it was to too short the most uh, exciting the most exciting part of the game is this, this big chase scene but instead of doing it you just watch a video of your character being chased lame uh, i thought that was a really baffling decision so it mm. gets it gets docked a lot of points for that but overall i would recommend it uh dojiran um, which is a game where you play as a, uh, a a frog. It's a black and white. Of course, uh, if you like Celeste, this is a uh, you know a, you know another very very brutal platformer. Uh, I had a really good time with that. Um, Benito Days, right? Which is the uh, Super Monkey Ball. Look, Super Monkey Ball released a. Like a kind of like updated port of one of their early, like a collection of all the early games on uh, on all consoles this year, but I actually had way more fun with Benito Days, which is a kind of tribute to Monkey Ball, where you play as like is it like a, f- a fish or a frog. It's like a Benito is fish, so it's yes. like a fish like a instead of instead of a uh, instead of a monkey. Uh, it's it's really really good, and the soundtrack is all city pop. It's fucking real red hot. Very good. Zookeeper World on my phone, best phone game I played I, this year.
4: I actually. I should have remembered this one for your top ten. Obviously, I would have gotten it wrong, but I was like, hmm.
5: "Yeah, I played have... it a ton of hours to yeah.
3: see That that kept me sane when I went back to uh, to DJing this year, and it was all the same boring club uh, uh, bar gigs again. Um, a little game called Space Otter Charlie.
4: Yep. Okay. I, I think you, you I talking, think you would like, really like that man. Maybe you talking about this. It's one. like a
3: really cheap kind of like space adventure game where you play an otter in a spacesuit who gets around by kind of like. Blasting air in the opposite direction of where you're facing. Sure. So it's a very interesting way of moving around. There's very fun, pretty simple puzzles to solve, lots of fun things to unlock. I really liked it. Okay. Um then there's Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Mm-hmm. Um that was like a fun three hour experience. I yep. don't think it belongs on a top ten, but I do think it deserves mention as a really fun three hours that I had playing a video game this year. Okay. Really witty, funny little game yeah great soundtrack too great soundtrack absolutely uh rain on your parade as mentioned by archie earlier in the episode um a kind of almost like untitled goose game-esque game where you play as a rain cloud um fun meta video game references uh it's on game pass Uh, i would recommend it it's cool yeah it's it's a bit it's a bit on the sloppy side in terms of like you know like the way they've like they've made the game but i think it's pretty forgivable given how fun that game is yeah um, little Nightmares 2 I put on here as well. A little shout-out. Not exactly my cup of tea, but I had a good time with this one. But a
4: good tea nonetheless. And
3: finally Labyrinth City, which is a uh almost like oh, yeah. Where's Wally the yeah, maze, yeah, yeah. the game. Um, you just kind of like make your way through a big maze. It's like a moving picture book. It was really yeah. charming. Uh, very well made, just a very simple concept. Yeah. Um, I thought was great. Now for my unfinished but honourable mentions, I have Delta Rune chapter two. Uh, I just did not get the time to finish this in the last month, sure. um, so unfortunately wasn't able, I'm sure it would have found its way under my top ten had I finished it. Um, Unsighted, I talked about um, an episode or two ago, um, just, it tried to do way too much I think, it's a really cool metroidvania, combat's so fun, but I found it stressful, both in the way it, it just introduced way too many mechanics and menu options, and also in the timing, uh, the time mechanic where we're People can die in that game if you just let them, let enough time pass. I find that really stressful. Um, Chicory. Now, earlier in the episode, I talked about how much I loved Wonder Song a couple of years ago. And uh, that's made by the same guy, Chicory. My son and I played this together and we had a great time for the first three hours, but it just kept going. And mm. I think really overstayed its welcome. Maybe I wouldn't feel this way if I wasn't trying to play it with an eight-year-old. But we had such an excellent time with the first three hours of this game. And we are well into the sixth or seventh hour now. And I don't feel like we're anywhere close to the end. And we may not ever finish it, which is a real bummer. I think it's a really cute and fun Zelda-inspired coloring adventure. Um, I would still recommend it if that sounds appealing to you. Just, you know, be warned that it is a lot longer than I think it should be. Um, So, too, does another um, Humble Games published game called The Wild at Heart which is like an indie take on a Pikmin game where you're controlling lots of little critters and getting them to collect things for you. Um, again, I loved the first few hours of it. So did my daughter. Um, but again, it just went on and on and on and on. And now like in order to do anything, it just takes forever. So I'm, I've kind of fallen out of love with that one. Umarangi Generation, photography game, made by a Maori New Zealander. thought it was really sick uh, aesthetically, but lost me um, a couple of chapters in. Um, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Really, really fun. Um, really, really fun. And uh, like I, I just prefer like Shovel Knight as a platformer, but I thought there was a lot, a lot to love about Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. No More Heroes 3. I only ever played the first boss and just kind of stopped <laughs> at that point. <coughs> um, I know if I dedicated the time to getting good at this franchise, I would love it. I just didn't have the time to do that this year. Same with Psychonauts 2. <coughs> I'm sure if I gave that time that game the, the time it deserved, it would be in my top 10. Garden Story, again, a matter of time. Loved it, what I played of it, um, but it was a much bigger game than I was expecting and I was not ready for a massive game. Boomerang X, I got very close to the end, but I am shithouse at first-person shooters. Sure. But that is a very cool and fun game. Kaze and the Wild Masks, a very fun take on a Donkey Kong Country platformer uh, that I just never got around to finishing. Sir Lovelot, um one of the funner platformers i played this year very fun simple conceit where it's like almost like an inbuilt kind of uh like speed run mode where you have to be as quick as possible to make it from the the bedroom of one princess that you're fucking i guess to <laughs> the bedroom of another princess that you're fucking via a bunch of obstacles um and uh, then we got loop hero a game that i recognize as one of the best games of the year but didn't do what I was ever looking for in a game this year, so I didn't put in the time that it needed. Sure. Finally, Cyber Shadow, another game published by Yacht Club Games who do the Shovel Knight series, I thought was really, really good. Just a lot more difficult than I was expecting, with a lot less forgiving um, checkpoint system than I needed for a game like that. Sure. Yeah, so those are my Dishonorables and Honorables. John, how about you? My honorables are, starting with an airport
4: for aliens currently run uh, by dogs. Great, good, Um, Which I think is just... It's just such a, a, an incredibly sweetly dumb idea that they had so much fun with. I love that it's just stock photos of dogs. The the dialogue that was written was great. I've yet to finish it. Um, but I think it definitely deserves... I mean, this is... A lot of my honourable mentions are... Games that I thought were great that just didn't make top 10. Sure. Essentially. Exactly. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Um, Next up is Loop Hero, Mm -hmm. um, which I acknowledge like what a fantastic reworking of so many different game genres and and fitting them together like puzzle pieces to make this really interesting, cool experience. Um, Next up is Say No More, uh, which gameplay wise is incredibly simplistic. It's literally a one button game, but as I was talking about earlier in the episode, games that have real kind of messages that land for me, this falls under that category. Uh, it has this really great, like, oddly anti-capitalist, anti-work message that, that just resonated with me. I mean, there's a I have a screenshot of a fantastic bit where a guy's like, you don't need work to self-actualize. Work lazy! And I really want to, like, laminate it and put it up in my <laughs> office somewhere and get fired. Um, Aliha comes up next. Yep. Um, I think it's just it's it's what I call the hottest one hundred issue, which is it came out so early in the year that I I should have revisited to see. John, when was
3: the last time you voted in the hottest one hundred? Oh god, years and years ago.
4: <laughs> but the the concept is the same of like. A song that is released in January has very little chance of getting in the Hottest 100. Sure. Because people have moved on by then.
3: But also, like, everyone wants games in January because it's when we need them the most. Oh, of
4: course. But when it comes time to put together a best list, the games you played in January, you're like, eh, did mm. I have that much fun? Yeah, I'd love to revisit Oliha and, and get another read on it. Oliha! Oliha! Genesis Noir is up next. Oh, yeah, I never played that one. I know you never... I don't think it's a game you'd
3: particularly enjoy, but... I'm like genesis no
4: yeah i mean it's a genesis yes for me it's a point it's a it's kind of a point-and-click adventure game that i think what an incredible swing for the fences by combining like a great design and art style with kind of jazzy noir sort of ambience to it with a detective tale that's telling the story of the the origin of the universe it just, just wild what they did with that game. Uh, next up is a head.
3: Uh, yeah, I was, I was like wondering were you going to put this on my, on your top ten to spite yeah, me because I couldn't play it.
4: It's not a question of spiting you. <laughs> I think it was just it was a really fun little platformer that one of those things where it's like it it has a conceit behind it and it just plays with all the different ways you can create puzzles out of that conceit. It was very satisfying to make its way through. Particularly, like, it, it, it had a couple of puzzles in there that I was like, the solution to it was the simplest option possible. And it took me minutes to find that out. And when I did, I was like, that pleasurable <laughs> forehead slap. Yep. Um, next up is Dorf Romantic. Yep. Just, uh, you know, this was one of the games that I picked up and played based on reading some Game of the Year list, some Games of the Year list this year. It was on my radar before that, but seeing these people talk about it was like, I really need to give this a try. I think it's just a fantastic little puzzle game. It's really calm. I think Archie would love it, so I'd definitely keep an eye out for a Switch release for it, Levens. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll do. Uh, next up is uh, a like a, r- a rarity for this list, a game that I finished. <laughs> out of this list, I finished Say No More, Alika, Genesis Noir. This next game and one of the other games that I've got. Oh, two games I've got actually. I actually finished a fair few. Okay, I'm gonna sh- just keep going. <laughs> hey man, you do it. Okay. Uh, next up is Mundown. So that was that, like, very weird horror game that I played where all the art is done in pencil. Yes. Um, Great experience. Like, combat-wise, a little janky, but what a strange and surreal and creepy experience that game was. Speaking of strange, surreal, and creepy, my next game, Critters for Sale. Okay. Wild, weird. um, That's the game that, like... For some reason, the lead singer of Death Grips shows up in and I could never quite <laughs> confirm if it was an official um, an official cameo or if he was just thrown in for whatever reason. it's the one with Michael Jackson in it as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. this is I don't think it's come out on anything but PC, but if you get a chance to play this game, play it. It's so strange. It reminds me of like some of the older hypertexty kind of games I used to play in the early Mac era like uh, deja vu and and stuff like that, Cosmo Cosmo. Uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Same reasons you listed. I think it was just a nice short experience. It was very funny. Had a great soundtrack. Um, there's, there's like DLC coming out for it.
5: Really? Yeah. That's awesome. It's
4: like set on a train. You're like fighting your way through a train, essentially. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Wild. I love trains. Uh, next up, My Friend Pedro, Ripe for Revenge. That's the iOS release of the game. Um, I think it like, it, it took a lot of what frustrated me about the the switch or, or general console release of my friend Pedro and just got rid of it. Like it works so much better as a, a touch screen swipe. Man, that was so game. much
3: fun. I, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not going back to it. I like, I only played like the first 10 levels or so, but that was a good time.
4: I, I finished the game and then circled back and got like as many three star levels as I could. That's kind of how much fun I was having yep. with it. And finally, borrowing from you, rain on your parade. Um, I don't think what it was doing was necessarily, like, as revelatory as some of the other games on the list. But I just love the way it went. It just iterated over and over and over again on this gameplay mechanic it had. Um, It had such a sense of humour about it. Like... One of the levels, like, obviously there's the, the, the one level that a lot of people reference is the Metal Gear level. Of course, yeah, that was so um, much Which fun. is such yeah. a great homage, but I love that one of the levels... Cloud? Uh, Cloud? Yeah.
5: Cloud!
4: I love that one of the levels was, like, a horror movie level where you're the villain and you have to stalk people. Yes. Um. Just, I think it just, yeah, it's 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 riffing as a game, essentially. Like, yes. we yeah, have totally. this mechanic, what fun, dumb thing can we do with it? I think they just did that so well. And um, that's it. That's my honourable
3: mentions. Yeah. Great. Like I said, amazing year for video games. Yeah. The indie video games so in particular. Good. And like if you, if you saw an outlet put out like a top 10 that didn't have a single indie game in it, shame them. Yeah. Cancel them. Yeah. They're out. They're done. Finished.
4: Do a, do a, do a Jared Leto as Joker.
3: Come in an envelope and mail it to him. That's right. Cleanse. Cleanse yourself. Come in an envelope <laughs> and cleanse yourself of that, of that outlet. Um, This has been... A long episode. Because we kept cutting and coming back. I have no idea how long we've gone for. Sure. But I. We've got to be
4: like three and a bit hours at this Three and a point. half? Yeah, even. roughly. Yeah, getting there.
3: Um, but uh, a magical experience. This is always my favorite Favourite part of the year. Um, and we are actually going to keep recording. John and I are going to go make some hot dogs, then come back into this hot office, this hot 30 something degree office. <laughs> Hopefully, the sun will be down by then, so it'll be lovely. Uh, we're going to keep having beers and we're going to record. The long-awaited Hollow Knight special of all the small games Patreon. The uh, I feel like of all the games that we've that we've talked about on the podcast, Hollow Knight is probably the most beloved. So we're going to do a special all about Hollow Knight, um, and uh, I imagine we're going to talk about any number of other things in this yes, episode. There will
4: be tangents
3: because we have a small little announcement to make, and that is that this is kind of the last episode of all the small games for a while. Um, I was, I, I, look, we, we, we both were in a position earlier this year during lockdown, during the height of COVID where we were like, yep, let's make this weekly full steam ahead. Let's do this. And it wasn't just all the small games, all my other podcasts. I brought back serious issues, my comic book podcast weekly. I just recorded the last episode of that. Um, but, I uh, I can't do, you know, the work needed to make this a good podcast and make it weekly anymore. And, uh, You know, I'm I'm getting older. I have children and I don't wanna get to a point where the thing I love the most, which is playing video games, ever feels like a job. And sometimes there are weeks where I'm like, Oh man, it's fucking Monday. I've had the biggest weekend of work. All I wanna do right now is just like play something that I'm already into, but instead I wanna have to force myself to Play something that I don't really want to play just so I can talk about a new thing on the podcast. It is the epitome of a first world problem. I totally get it. But it's also something that for my own personal, you know, wants, I, I don't ever want. I'm sure John feels the same way. Like, you know, when, when you're constantly doing something that you love and, but it's, you've turned it into a job of some, of sorts. It's not, it's not the great, the best feeling. It's, it's one of those, I mean,
4: look, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've. <laughs> I know your work circumstances have changed
3: a lot. I'm not DJing anymore, which yeah. is crazy. I'm now working, like, not regular, normal people hours. Yeah. That's... I'm one of you, most of our listeners. Yeah.
4: I mean, but the, <coughs> the funny thing is, is I, I have always had that. I've always had the, the 9 to 5 or 9 to 6. My difference from you over the years was children. I now have a baby. Mm-hmm. I have Olive. I, I love her to death. It has changed how I interact with games. Um... For me, it's it's very much what you were saying is I don't want the podcast to become this thing of Hey, I jumped on Game Pass and downloaded a new indie and played 15 minutes on Monday night just yes, so I could exactly. come to the podcast and be like Give a, deliver a take I, I think this game's kind of cool yeah. And then, you know, if I in the, in the odd chance that I get to go back and play 15 more minutes of it, I'm like, oh, I actually really minutes. don't like this game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, totally. oh, crap.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that the, the podcast has never been that. Um, yes, but we've, we've generally look, tried to stick to stuff. There have that. been moments this, this year where, like, the only time I have to play video games is, like, that 15 to 30 minutes I have before I take the kids to school. And they're like, you know, hey, can we play Animal Crossing? Can we play Mario? And I'm like, oh, why don't we play this weird little indie game? We might yeah. not like it, but like... Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I I just... uh, I I think this is not going to be the final episode of all the small 100%. 100%. At the very, very least, we're going to do a best of the year episode every we will, year.
4: Yeah, we'll always do a game of the year. And I think it's also... Taking Death's Door as an example, I think whatever the Death's Doors of this year are, yep. we will record episodes around them. And I think uh, we will probably take those opportunities of those episodes as well to do a general, like... Anything else you played lately that's been really, you know, kicking your ass kind of, course, of thing? Of course, yeah. Like, even
3: if it's like a quarterly review, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, I John and I have been friends for almost 20 years now, and obviously we'll continue to be friends forever. We'll always love video games. and always want to talk about them. So there will be more All The Small Games in some format. Yes. In some way in the future.
4: There is the Discord. There is also
3: the Discord Discord where we are constantly. If you would like to join that, please just message me, email us, allthesmallgames at gmail.com. But if you're like, fuck, my life is going to suck without new All The Small Games, maybe you aren't aware of the... 10 or so bonus episodes, almost 20 bonus episodes that we put in our dis- on our Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash all the small games to get uh, f- episodes that are focused on on some of the most beloved indie games of all time. You've got Bastion. You've got... that Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable. Uh, VVV. VVV. VVV uh, the SteamWorld Dig 2 is on there. Um, and we're going to do one about Hollow Knight as soon as we finish recording and eat hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you've got uh, a few episodes of all the other things where John and I review all of the other things we've watched or read or played that aren't indie games in the last uh, couple months. They've been really, really fun to record. I imagine tonight's uh, Hollow Knight episode might devolve into that, depending on how long we, uh, we sure. leave the, the, the mics hot for. But look... If you want to come and just say thanks for all the content over the years, patreon.com slash allthesmallgames is where you'll find us. $5 a month is all it costs to get access to all that stuff, and we totally appreciate everyone that's already there. Um, Immediately, I'll I'll invite you to the Discord if you want to come and join and talk with us direct about indie games. Even if you just want someone to recommend you new stuff, of course, we'll do that every single week. Um, We are definitely going to enjoy... A short amount of time off, but I dare say you'll see us again pretty soon. Yeah,
4: keep an eye on your feeds. We'll be we'll we'll come back.
3: Thank you so much for listening to us over the last year. It was a crazy year. We this other year we we're like let's try and do this every single week, and I think give will take a few. Given yeah. especially given that John had a fucking baby, like yeah. we we managed to to keep it going through like several lockdowns, and John had COVID. Yeah. And, oh my god, all this other shit. But uh, look, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love indie games. Thank you so much for letting us play you. Uh, and beers we've had nine of you and I dare say we'll have more very soon Uh, so come and join us over at patreon.com slash all the small games thank you so much everyone who already subscribes and anyone who subscribes in the future you will be rewarded with dare I say an even better episode than the one you've just listened to right now however there's not a chance in the world that it will be as long as the one we just to. oh my god what a marathon that was amazing I hope you uh, got some great recommendations for some games you may have missed in the last year we'll see you soon Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Lunar New Year, Happy, happy <laughs> Birthday for when your birthday is, Easter, obviously April Fool's Day, I know most of you celebrate of that, um, all of the different religious holidays, uh, uh, all, Valentine's Day, all horses birthday in the
4: Southern Hemisphere mm-hmm. and then the one in the Northern Hemisphere as well, did you know that all horses have the same birthday?
3: That's cool. Which day is it?
4: Uh, it's like the 1st of September and then the 1st of... Imagine
3: like, like having that as your birthday and, and then finding out via this that you're, horses, that you're a horse.
4: <laughs> all the horses celebrate with you.
3: Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We love you so much and we'll see you soon, I hope.
5: Bye.